Hi, this is Amanda Burse, also known as Marcy Rhodes Darcy, and you're listening to the Married with Children podcast. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. Uh, yep, that's right. Marcy Rhodes herself just introed our show. My name is Al. This is the Married with Children podcast, and I want you to uh, scrub harder. Hey guys, it's Jerry, and I'm here to uh, ask the tough questions, like to Steve or not to Steve. I'm Jamie, and. I'm a little bit hungry. <laughs> Still? We've been feeding you for months. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm Dan, and I'm back. Your hormones, my jammies, you don't stand a chance. <laughs> oh, well, please my. tell me they're the cowboy jammies. <laughs> oh, or are they the Ghostbuster ones? <laughs> yes, guys, here we are. This is an exclusive show for the patrons of our show, so we'd all just like to say thank you, we love you. Thank you for loving us enough to do that. Very generous, very nice, you guys. Uh, nobody cares as much as you, and we all recognize that. And that's why we put so much into these Patreon exclusive shows. And we have another thing coming up for you before summer's over, guys. Just so you know, I know you got this, but you're gonna get a Tanguish video, uh, probably right after <laughs> the summer, and you're gonna get. A review of Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Now, don't tell anyone about that either. Nice. You don't make them jealous. <laughs> so, yeah, this uh, Marrow Children podcast wrap-up show, that's what this is. We're wrapping up season four. As you guys know, you've heard this three times before. We get into everything that we maybe have missed, things we want to do overviews of. We give our we usually give our top three favorite episodes of the year, but this ep- this season is just so strong, it's almost impossible. I don't think any of us could have stopped at three. So we have a top five favorite episodes of the season, and we still have our bottom two, our two least favorite of the season. We're going to get into our favorite character moments for all the characters. We are going to do the sex points, Big broad strokes that happen during the season, highlights, things like that. Changes in, in people. I definitely wanted to talk about someone. But real quick, let's talk about the changes to our show. So, wow. I mean, we started the Married Children podcast off, me, Jerry, and Justin. And we went for three full seasons and then three episodes into season four. And then there was the whole lineup change where it became me, Jamie, and Dan. And then... About, what, how many episodes? Just like nine or so into that? Dan was on hiatus looking for Jefferson. Did you ever find him? I was just wondering. Oh, I found him. Yeah, and he's about to battle Steve on this podcast right now. Steve would whip that Christmas goody goodies ass. Save it for later. We're not even there yet. I'm going to – he's going down this episode, sir. We're not even at Bosco yet. 
<laughs> oh my god. Yeah, we're gonna have that Bosco fight we've been waiting for. Dan couldn't make it to the Steve Spectacular show, so Dan has a lot to say about Bosco, as you guys know, and Jerry has been publicly defending the Bosco fiasco on the last few episodes, which have enraged Dan, by the way. He's never really went public with that, but you've been enraged about that, right, Dan? Right. And as mad as I am about that, uh I do have to uh Thank Jerry for uh, for covering me because, yeah, I definitely uh, got a little lost for a little while there. So uh, thank you. But I'm not going to take it easy on you, sir. I'm coming back and I'm coming back hard. That's a th- that's the thanks he gets. <laughs> I don't know if the, if you coming back hard is the thanks I want. <laughs> oh, it's it's the thanks that you're going to get. <laughs> He's not the hero you want. It's the one you deserve. <laughs> Okay, so uh, yeah, so let's talk about that now. Now let's get the perspective first of Dan and Jamie in the sense that you guys, you know, you poked around the show a little bit. I don't know if either of you were like diehard listeners or anything. So, uh, what was your listening level before you joined? Is there a diehard podcast? Uh, yeah, we talk about why Bruce Willis is a star. I was and not a, a diehard listener. Um, apparently I, it's not a Christmas movie, according to him, though. I listened to this show pretty doggone regularly, and it was because at that time I was working overnights, and I got to listen to all the podcasts I wanted, and so I missed maybe just a couple of episodes. I mean, I don't, I don't even recall which ones I missed because I, I listened to most of them. And I made a lot of comments on them. You know, and then, like, it, we, it was always funny because whenever I would bring something up, you were like, how do you know? And I'm like, because I listen to the show. <laughs> and you're like, you don't listen to the show. And then, like, I'd say something. You're like, oh, you do listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's someone feeding her notes. <laughs> That's like when I talked about uh, every time I die, Jerry was like, I don't understand how you're saying any of this. Is someone feeding you highlights of this band? I legit thought Dan was feeding you lines. No, I know, right? No, that that never happened. I swear. Nope. So, okay, what about you, Dan? Did you hear at least 20 or so? Or uh, So it took me a little while, but when I started listening... So I, I came here initially because of Alex's editing skills and I stayed for the sweet sounds of uh, Jerry Heron. But um, <laughs> no, I listen, man, I, I've always been a fan of everything that you do. Cause you put, you put your all into it. And I knew that with that lineup, it was going to be, um, it was going to be awesome. Cause obviously I'm a fan of, uh, of JP and 22 shots. Yeah. 22 shots and uh, kill the cast as well. So yeah, for me, it was a no brainer. It did take me a little while to start uh, listening, but once I did, it was great, man. And and honestly, I got to say not to put down um, the editing and the production value of the skeleton crew, but I think you do a better job with this show, Alex, just because it seems like you uh, you incorporate everything that you've learned over the years, and you really uh, you really have a vision for this show, and that's why uh, that's why at the end of the day, it's it's really fun to do because it's nice and easy uh, getting on with you guys and recording these things. So it's great, man. It's it's honestly been like a really big surprise. We talked about this uh, before. A few times, Alex, where I initially I, I was just doing it 
to, uh, you know, I wasn't a big fan of Married with Children. Like, I was a fan, but definitely not a big fan. Not a Right, you watch it in the morning before work, that's about it. Every day, and I loved it. And it, it was always good background, because the jokes keep coming and coming. But once I... Um, but once I started listening to the show and, and and just heard the banter between you guys, yeah, I absolutely loved it. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Come on, man. Oh, thanks. And as far as the vision of the show, it's weird. There really was no – the vision just kind of happened as I was sitting in the chair editing it. The only thing I really knew was that I I want to theme it up. I want to bring it to the world of Married with Children. So I said, well – we have to record it somewhere that is married with children world. Mm-hmm. So the nudie bar just seemed like the coolest place. And, you know, there, you know, there are sometimes they have radio shows in clubs and stuff. Um, certainly one wouldn't be at a nudie bar, but they, they have them in, in clubs, which I think uh, 90210 is the one that made me think of that. Right, Jamie? Because then <laughs> David Silver have his, his radio show in the after dark. Uh, yeah, yeah. He took it from the high school to the <laughs> to the after dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the peach pit after dark. That was so lame. Yeah, I loved it. Oh man. I mean, I did back then, but you know, looking back now, oh my god, I thought about you this weekend because I I watched like four episodes of Saved by the Bell for no rant for no real reason. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good show. Anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. I have, no, a, okay. I have one production note about this show. There's only one thing I think that that could make it better. Okay. And that Please is, do not say a George Takei soundboard. <laughs> oh. No, I know. I know. I was going to say <laughs> you should end it with Soothsayer. Oh. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't. Because I, I, I can't. <laughs> I mean, it's our show. I, I know, but... The part of the vision is the ending too, though. What I do because no, I'm kidding. I mean, I just it's just that, um, and honestly, it's that that the ending of this show, the beginning of this show, all the little things that you do like have become just as iconic to me as all the little bits that were a regular part of the skeleton crew. Right. So ah, thanks. Right. You know. Yeah. It's like I wait for them to happen. You know. Thanks. Yeah. Well, like like I said, like the vision was just where we're gonna do it. I definitely wanted right away. We seem to know that when we do our rating, we should pick something from the episode. You know, of five somethings from the episode. Those two things came pretty quick, and then it was like, uh, then I was like, what do I do as a break point? And then it's like, well, there is a lot of music in this, so let me do a song from the episode. Other than that, the ending. Now, this is something nobody knows or probably will ever care about, but. That song that plays for like the last two minutes and 30 seconds of every show right before the Marrow Children cue hits, that is what I used to end my first ever uh, solo project uh, thing ever. The Garbage Pail Kids show? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. Wow, you know that? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that song is from the Garbage Pail Kids movie. When I when I was picking songs to end that show, that one just seemed so chill and had a nice vibe to it and sounded like a nice ending thing. And then when we did this, I was like, 
well, I don't have anything else. And that was like 80s. And this show, we're at the time, it was the 80s stuff we were reviewing. So I just threw it in. Oh, Juice coming back. No, that, yeah, was, Juice that is- was one of the first things. It was so funny because when Alex and I first started podcasting together, you could tell he was holding back. You're like, yeah, I've done some stuff. And then you <laughs> finally let me see that. I was like, yeah, it was a garbage pail kid show. But it was the greatest garbage pail show ever. Yeah, you were like, if he can make this interesting, I have to do a show with him. <laughs> it was just so out there and so random and so specific. Yeah, that that's why I was like, yeah, I I, uh, I want to ride with this guy. <laughs> on the idea of throwbacks, Alex, do you remember how much time we spent early on at the end of every episode coming up with those ending skits? Oh, God. I want to do a super cut of all the ending skits. I think I'm going to pull every episode that has them and then just edit all the skits together. And if you notice, nobody cared when we stopped doing them. <laughs> Not a single person. We put so much time into those. Jerry, Jerry, ironically, it was the exact opposite with all of us. It would take us more time to try and think of our intro lines <laughs> more than anything, more than any well, other preparation. We did our, well, we didn't have oh, to do no, our I intro. did all yeah, your intros. You did yeah. the intros and JP never got his and I always got mine. <laughs> And he never got the joke. Yeah. He goes, now, who said that on this episode? <laughs> Every time. It was great. Without fail, almost. Yeah, that, then I said, well, let's mix it up. Now that we have a new cast, I said, how about you guys just, you pick. Because maybe I should have always done that from the beginning, right? Like, it's your intro. I mean, you should, whatever speaks to you about this episode should be your intro. So I, I probably didn't even think that through. And I just thought, well, I'll, I'll come up with a joke for these guys. And I didn't think it through. So when you guys came on, I changed it. And it's also very easy to do with a show like this. There's so many quotable lines and lines that can be applied to it. So it's very easy to do. Oh, yeah. 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 I had a field day when I came back and Alex was like, so, yeah, you just got to pick your own line now and i'm like really you're like what what about you <laughs> yeah and also alex um the thing that i was talking about at the end of the episode was um was the little bridge from uh from tiff, oh. tiff at the end. i love those man yeah it's funny i play those on every people are probably like ugh. either that or you're so used to them you just like to hear it over and over you know now, are they different every episode or no always the same always the same one okay yep yeah, I mean, there's nothing else to say. It's just, like, how you could find us and all that type yeah, so of stuff. I, I love that. I think that's a nice touch. I mean, clearly no one's listening. We have 44 <laughs> no. u- tweet tweeter guys, and we have, like, no emails coming in. <laughs> <laughs> tweeter so, guys. I mean, tweeter guys. Yeah, that's <laughs> something. Followers. Yeah, we have, <laughs> oh, Twitter followers. Right. Yes. <laughs> or tweeter guys. <laughs> It's the new Twitter end zone. It's the new Twitter end zone. It's odd. Oh, <laughs> no, Alex. By the way, I love the Billy Bob thing too. That was great. Perfect. Billy Bob, what I do? I forgot. When he was in the strip club and he gave it a ten. Oh, you heard that? I did. Wow, nice, nice. <laughs> Alex is still amazed. Anybody listens to this? Show. I, I'm amazed that you remember. <laughs> anyone remembers anything about this? <laughs> It'll always amaze me and fascinate me. So, for the record, right now, guys, it is uh, we're recording this on August first, and we have 730 followers on our Facebook. Unfortunately, we hear from 30 of them. But <laughs> hey, listen, you can't win them all. They're very vocal. 30, though. Yeah, pretty pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, so that's the that's that your story of this. So now the switch happens, and Jerry, now you. 
still watch all the episodes because you know your buddy is on his way out. And <laughs> you say, well, let me check out what these guys are doing. As a listener now, in that sense, what do you think of the show in the new format? Well, for me, the big thing was, okay, uh, it's very publicly known that my favorite podcast was The Skeleton Crew, which is Alex, Dan, Jamie, uh, and and Dave Z, uh, depending on the period. And it was my favorite podcast. And when I had left the show, like, and I heard that Jamie was going to be on there, I was like, oh, yes. And then I heard Dan was going to be on there, and I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> but I was super I was really excited um, and then uh, I, I, I got even more excited because Dan called me and talked to me about him coming on to the show and we talked about the show and everything like that and I was just like yeah, I can't I cannot wait to hear this show so like I, I kept watching and I would listen to the show every time uh, and by the way guys I, I did the experiment whether you should watch the show and then listen or watch the episode and then listen to the show or not watch the show and listen to the episode. <laughs> I did that. And I can honestly say that me personally, the best way was to watch the show, watch the married with children episode and then listen to the podcast because you, you need it. in yes, the clips help keep you running, but the clips are more there so that we don't have to repeat the jokes line for line, Alex can throw in a clip and it sounds right. wonderful and it keeps it going. But when you watch the episode and then you listen to the podcast, you have all your knowledge. And if you hear something that you're just like, I don't know, you have the ability to go watch it, watch the show again. But the problem is, is if you listen to the podcast first and then watch the episode, right. You're too stuck on what they all said, and you don't have your own conceit notions. So watch the episode first, then listen to the podcast. I did the experiment. I'm an expert uh, on the Married with Children podcast as being someone who was on it and a fan who gets to listen to it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so that's my expert opinion. And hopefully in season five we'll get more Steve, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, well, okay. So, okay, so now, Dan and Jamie, back to you. Um, What made you guys want to be on this show? I'm saying this, like, in the way that you're both, you know, you didn't memorize every episode. Dan watched them in the morning, and he remembers them as a kid. So it ain't like that would have been the first thing on your list. And you know that we have so much to go. So what made you make that type of commitment? I mean, well, you weren't doing an NO210 show. <laughs> um, that's why. I mean, because that's what I would really love to do with you. With you. <laughs> but no, I, I was only doing six other podcasts at the time, and I needed something to fill the space. Because <laughs> you might have laid down on the couch for a minute. Forty-five minutes of free time. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly, I was from the moment that you told me that you had this idea for this show and that you were going to be doing this show. To be totally honest, I was a little bit jealous that I wasn't doing it with you, because wow. I was always a fan of the show, and I wasn't like, I wasn't the kind of fan that you are. Like, I wasn't wearing 
you know, T-shirts inspired by the show on my wedding day. You You don't wear a bear's hat to the beach? I didn't. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I don't wear a bear's hat to the beach. I don't have, you know, things in my life that are solely devoted to that. But I was always a fan of the show. I always liked it. It had it held warm, fond memories for me. Plus, I love working with you. That's always been one of my favorite things to do. So when I found out that you were doing this show, I was like, Aw, well, maybe I can be on there on occasion, you know. And then we tried to get you on the Poppies by the Tree show. I know, and it didn't. It just didn't happen. Yeah, when I was presented with the opportunity to join it, of course I did. I mean, I, I was excited to. It's like you didn't even think about it. I didn't. I mean, I was. I was like, hey, I want to do that. <laughs> so you're like, well, sign me up. And I'm like, really? And then. I talked to Dan, and it was even more shocking that he did not even seem to think about it. Yeah, well, at first I was apprehensive because, I mean, I'm just – I'm dropping so many episodes to cut to the chase that there's just there's just no time. So it's completely up to my knees in episodes. <laughs> so, um, no, yeah, of course, man. It was a no-brainer for me, uh, like I told you. Um, I'll be honest with you. I would have done it uh, regardless just because it's you, right? I was down – from, from the second you said, hey, do you want? I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, you, I, I don't even think I let you finish the uh, finish the sentence. But as we got going with it, I I really enjoyed it. Like, I really, really enjoyed do- doing this show. And like I said, I would have done it for you regardless. But now I just, I'm so happy that I am a part of the show because it's one of those things too where uh, the, the some of the best things in life come out of left field. And that for me came out of left field because like you said, I wasn't a fan of the show um, like like you guys are. I mean, I definitely always liked it as I've said. Yeah, like you just things. weren't like a mental patient over it. Yeah, but now I feel like I'm kind of getting there because I love, I love it so much and I love every episode. And um, well, <laughs> maybe I won't feel that way in upcoming seasons because you said this is one of the best, if not the best season. And and that that's another thing too. I was like, are there going to be any episodes that I don't rate a five? And there were, but um, yeah, they I went just, to fours or three. So I mean, you give a couple of three, I feel like. Yeah, but that's always why I love podcasting, man. It's always fun to watch things and then talk with your friends about them. And uh, obviously, it's a unique situation or a unique type of. Um, it's a unique type of uh, podcast. There's no other Married with Children podcast out there. No, none in the planet, which is really absolutely bizarre. Weird. It's but, weird. Well, honestly, at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's you guys. That's why I'm doing it. I, yeah. I would record anything with you guys. Well, yeah, like, Alex, if you were doing a podcast about cop rock, I would do it with you. Really? What's that? <laughs> See, exactly. That was a very short-lived TV show that no one even talks about anymore. It was terrible. But I, if you were going to do that, I would do. I would do a Barney Miller podcast with you. I would. Do, I mean, it doesn't matter. I would do back whatever. How about Back in the Beaver, or whatever that was when the Leave It to Beaver came back? Back in the Beaver? No, it was not Back in the Beaver. It was um, Back in the Beaver. <laughs> It was, that sounds like after you've had a sexual hiatus for a while. <laughs> if you're frigid. <laughs> um, you know, like Kelly when she came home from college. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, Dan, I do want to highlight, I think were you 
you know, you had a good time, I feel, with that tooth or consequence. You had a good time with Fair Exchange and definitely Desperately Seeking Miss October. But I feel that where you kind of began to love doing this podcast was at the zoo. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into it. We're not doing Not yeah. yet. Yeah. <laughs> with Bosco. Like, everybody loved your infectious laugh. They were happy you were having such a great time with this. That was the Kickstarter. And then... All three of us fell into some like magical mode in It's a Bundleful Life Part 1 and 2. There was nothing like that three, those three recordings back to back to back. Right. I think we all felt it. We didn't really know to say anything because we didn't know what to say about it. We were just like, huh, this is something we didn't expect it would be. Right. And, and it was just some like magic that. Right there, I, I knew that, God, I, I'm so glad that we're doing this. Well, I, yeah, and I totally agree with that, man. And I think it was several things. I think, for one, the episodes were really great. And and two, you know, during the first one, I still think that first one it was great, Tooth of Consequence. Oh, I yeah, that was on. such – because we were all so happy, like, excited to be back after the skeleton crew ended almost, you know, a year ago or six months ago at least. And, and yeah. like I said, the the, uh, the episode itself too, I mean, you will not make this shot, jackass. Like that guy's in it and it was – you know, that's always been a fun part of this show, seeing, you know, him, Rookie of the Year in there and all these people, Mila. Uh, all these people, and that's been fun for me as well. But I also think that um, when we recorded those episodes that you're referring to, that's when we really started to get into a nice flow again. Like, we've never gotten out of a flow, but I think when you watch several episodes together and you start to, you know, see how one relates to the next, relates to the next, and and it starts, you know, even even if it, even if it is a married with children arc, so to speak, it's an arc nonetheless, and it's fun to follow it. So I think by those episodes, and then with the Christmas episodes, obviously, it just all culminated, and like you said, it was it was magical. Definitely, that's the only word I could think of. Magical. Yep. Jerry, how do you feel? You think well. There's the new sound. You you liked it. You were sort of glad because you sort of got your skeleton crew back with something that you you began to be well versed on. So it seemed like best of both worlds to you. And all of a sudden, Dan decides to go looking for Jefferson. He goes on hiatus for like uh, I guess six weeks or so, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, you get the, the message, hey. What do you think about hopping back on and helping us finish season four? Now, what take us through that? So that was a, an immediate yes. Um, while I can't commit to doing the show full time, I've always wanted to come back for guest spots, and like y'all are y'all are a part of a big part of my podcasting family. Like I've been on all three of your shows. I've uh, I, I basically almost started a damn documentary on the skeleton crew. <laughs> Still um, <waiting> on that. <laughs> I covered most of it in the uh, the last skeleton crew episode anniversary thing of the thing. I brought up a lot of my questions and asked all of y'all what. <laughs> I couldn't hear you over the sound of Bosco drowning. So, oh, <laughs> but I was so happy because at first it was like, hey, we want to do a, a send off for Steve. Do you want to come on and do it? And I'm like. Hell yes. And I did it. And recording with y'all was so great. And then literally the next day was, 
hey, by the way, uh, <laughs> do you want to come finish the episode, the, the season? Um, and I was like, hell yes, I will definitely, definitely come and do that. So it was great. Uh, I love recording with Alex. I love recording with Jamie. It was great to get back on Married with Children. And it was great to bring Steve back to everyone because I know they were missing it. Yeah, I love how as soon as Steve leaves, Jerry comes back <laughs> and then he brings Steve back to the show. So um, what did you feel like you missed a beat or you didn't miss a beat? Do you feel like you fell right back into the zone? Uh, I felt like I went right back into the zone, but it's mostly because I've recorded I've recorded with Alex so much now that like I just I just get him. And right. uh, with Jamie, I hadn't recorded with her as much like two or three times. Um, but like recording with Jamie is so easy because Jamie just knows what she's doing. As soon as Jamie gets on there, Jamie knows when to speak and when to be quiet and how to interject something. And it's just it's where it's the one of the easiest people to record with because she's so professional. And she knows exactly what she's doing. And it's married with children, which at this point I, I know so much about. It's not even funny that it, I, I look, I did not miss a single feat. And you can ask Al Bundy at a store. <laughs> wow. How could you miss? I it? apologize for that joke. That was horrible. I liked it though. <laughs> it was. Would you say it was maybe the agony of the feet? It oh was God. indeed. Yes. <laughs> yeah, minus a hot chick. <laughs> Uh, so here's my whole thing with uh, with podcasting. A lot of times you see, you know, uh, people leave for different reasons or whatever, some under not so great circumstances. And that was never the case uh, in the situation. So it, it's nice, like Jerry said, like, if you get the call, like, yeah, definitely come in. Like, he can't commit to it full time, but he would love to do it if he can. And that just works out perfect, you know? And like I said, I want to thank you for that again, Jerry. But yeah, you guys have always... You guys have always uh, knocked it out of the park. Like, I've said that since day one, and I feel like I'm, like, the luckiest dude in the world because I always get to record with you guys. And um, it just it makes it so easy. It never feels like, oh, we're trying to uh, think of stuff on a podcast to say. That's never the case. It's usually like, oh, yeah, we're going to have to cut this and that out because we talked for too long. I know. We always think we won't have anything to say, and then it's like, dude, I got to cut 20 minutes out. We said that a long time ago. We're like, I don't know, man. I don't know if we got enough stuff. Well over two hours. Like, well, two hours. And then you. Damn Elvis episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let, let's put things back in perspective and realize that we're doing a podcast on a 22 minute show. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. think about that, and I'm going to give you some stats for season four. But real quick, the one he mentioned, the Elvis episode, I'm going to Sweatland. Uh, how come I? Oh, here it is. It was just me and Jerry by ourselves. Justin wasn't even on that episode, and we talked for an hour and forty five minutes. <laughs> so, so just imagine that. I'm going to talk about this, the, the shortest episode of this season of our show and the longest. So the shortest one was the Jim Jupiter episode. It was yeah. 49 minutes and Justin was on that one. And I'll be honest with you. I was bummed out by that podcast because imagine loving something for 25 years. And literally, I don't know if I ever went more than a year or two 
without popping that episode in. For, there's just something about it that's so amazing to me. And I love it. It's classic. And I want to get the Jim Jupiter shirt and everything. And then I get on with these two guys who I'm having such a good time with. And they are so not into this that it was literally like pulling teeth. They're so wrong, you mean. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I mean. But I, I, I would end saying stuff and they just didn't say anything. So I was like, oh, well, this is a good time for a clip. And then next thing, oh, good, this is a good time for another clip. Oh, commercial. And say, so, uh, let's play the song. That's oh, there's no song on this episode. <laughs> so I was just like, God, they're not into this at all. And then somebody on our Facebook, he goes, "This isn't a favorite episode of mine either." And judging by how short your podcast was, that says a lot. <laughs> and I was like, No, they just weren't into it. I was. <laughs> now, Jerry, have you ever revisited that to feel any differently, or is this just a lost cause? I, I did rewatch it because I did. I did the same thing with Earth Angel when you were like, "It's so, you, dude, it's so good." You spent the whole podcast defending it. And I spent the whole podcast crapping on it, and I was like, "Maybe there is something here." We both agreed on the Ferguson episode that it was bad. Maybe, maybe there's something here, and I'm missing it. We watched it, still didn't care for it. So I did the same thing with Dead Men. Don't do aerobics, right? And uh, still not. <sighs> Still don't like. It. I don't know. It just doesn't. I don't. I just. I don't like the premise. It doesn't work. I don't, I don't like. understand how you don't like the premise of that show. The premise is hilarious. I mean, basically, Peggy is infectious. <laughs> Her sedentary <laughs> lifestyle. It, I, I mean, to me, that just encompasses who she is. I can't help that Jim Jupiter is not ma- as much of a man as Al is. Uh, to be able to handle a woman like Peg, that's not my fault. Okay, uh, you can drink all the kale juice you want, bon bon. but if you can't handle Peg at her bonbon, you don't deserve her in her leotard. That's oh all I'm saying, God. dude. Dude, he had Peg on all fours. It's not, dude. Everyone had Peg on all fours in high school. That's not a new thing. Did Jerry have this many puns last time he was on the show? Uh, no, this is a new thing. <laughs> like, Wait, I use puns? No, he's very punny. He does it all the time. He's not funny, but he's punny. I just use a lot of references, and sometimes they turn out to be puns, and I don't notice. Well, I notice. Uh, it's, all the, it's all the verbiage of it. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'll say more when we get to bottom two. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. Burn. Oh, wow. That, that is a burn. Okay, fine. Whatever. We'll get this. Well, anyway, my point being. <laughs> Ooh, that's hot off the grill. <laughs> wow. This is a taxing problem for me. You guys are taxing my, my sanity. Yeah. Gotta oh. love Alex. He ain't much, but he's mine. Oh. <laughs> that was a very fair exchange right there. I like wow. Uh, whew, Jamie. If, what goes around comes around. <laughs> Jamie, you are a rock and roll girl if I've ever heard that. Uh, she's more like a rain girl. <laughs> Man, oh, what a feeling. Now listen, I just want to know who's going to stop the rain. <laughs> I think we need another co-host. I'm desperately seeking this October. <laughs> wow. Uh... Listen. You're going to suffer the tooth or consequence of this whole interaction. Oh, I, and- yeah. I think Jerry just gave up. That must be the <laughs> agony of defeat. Oh, my. Come on, Buck. Yeah. Save the day. 
<laughs> Jerry's out to lunch. Jerry's uh, Jerry's at the zoo. Oh, oh, forgot hey. about at the zoo. Damn it. When when you're at the zoo, it's you gotta know when to hold them over <laughs> over the water and let oh. them go. Jamie, you forgot about the zoo. What are you turning three hundred? Only old people forget. <laughs> wow. Well, oh. I wasn't at the zoo, but I made a little lamb. I'll tell you what, this guy's is a very wonderful life. Part two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, I have to make a phone call. Nine six seven shoe. Nine seven six. Oh, I did that again. <laughs> I remember yelling at you. I was at work listening to the uh, shoe episode, the nine seven six shoe episode. I kept saying six seven, and you kept saying six seven, and I was just like, "Alex, this is like you're not supposed to get anything wrong with married with children. You can mispronounce names. You can you cannot <laughs> mention the air date of a show, <laughs> but if you get a title wrong that deals with a Al eccentric episode, I I personally start like tallying up your crimes." Wow, how come nobody tallies up all the things they learned from me? I don't get that part. We don't care about when you're right. We just care about when you're wrong. I am, baby, I am holding up two fingers right now, and that is the tally of things that I have learned from you. (laughs) That's one more than last time. And you should see which finger she was holding up. (laughs) I know where that finger goes. All right, I think we have to get to this wrap-up show. Okay. (laughs) So let's uh, – oh, 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 okay. The point of my whole thing was that that was our shortest episode and our longest and I, I – Is this one. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we haven't even started. We haven't started yet. There were 40 minutes into this. So uh, the longest was the Sam Kennison Christmas episode, two hours and 14 minutes, mm. talking about Ooh. a 22-minute episode. Oh, that was oh yeah, that was just for the part two. Right. I forgot just for part two. Yeah, y'all separated that. Yep. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a new format for the the season. We decided that it's just honestly, frankly, it's too hard to watch and record these reviews. So, and you know, I'm talking about in a in a amount of time where we could be productive. So we figured, why are we watching two episodes and only getting the uh, the le- the the break of one week right. when we can get two weeks out of this? You know. And it's like, whatever, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. And it's kind of cool to wait for that second half anyway. And then we can get more in depth. We're not exhausted by the time we're doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and that definitely worked out for Sam Kesson. Oddly enough, little behind the scenes that you'll never know. Well, till now. <laughs> we <laughs> we recorded It's a Bundy for Life Part 1 and probably an hour of Part 2 in one day. Yeah. yeah. An hour into it, we were like, guys, so we're all loving this. I could see that's happening, but am am I the only one who's exhausted? I was so exhausted. I think that was like a three and a half hour recording. (laughs) Like, that's it? Not... But it was well, super early in the morning. Oh, okay. Morning. And I had worked the night before. I I, I was just... I remember I was so tired. I was barely making it. And That makes sense. 
I was just like, guys. I was I'm so say, yeah, She was like, how come we're only in the first seven minutes of the, the, the <laughs> second episode? And this is three and a half hours. Can we get this. out of the intro scene, please? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, because uh, we used to record two episodes at a time. So we almost always recorded for three to four hours. Right. We did two. And that we got away from that in the last couple months. But we definitely have to get back in because as we're speaking, we have nothing in stockpile at Which all. Which is very rare. Well, if that. as you learned from your listener, oh. if you do more, then you'll get, you'll more. get more done. Noah Kayser said on Mary of Children podcast number 80, The Agony of Defeat, <laughs> do more episodes and shorter episodes, like 30 minutes per show, and you can get more done per month. Which doesn't make any sense to me because it's not going to change. We release one episode a week regardless. Right. Whether we do six shows in one recording or one show in one recording, it's going to be one show a week because that's the format. Well, to that I say dynamite drop in, Noah. Although I'm sure Alex is going to cut this out because we don't want to insult him. <laughs> oh, he! there's no way he's on Patreon. No, there's no here. way on earth he's a patron. <laughs> At all, so it's fine. <laughs> and if he is, we'll find out shortly. Yeah, when we get one less patron. Yeah, we will. He could join Patreon specifically for this and then retract hey. his patronage. Yeah, be like, hey, Noah, we give you a shout out. He's like, I paid $5 to get my horrible suggestion insulted. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> all right, so. <laughs> So, okay, guys, so we always thank people for leaving iTunes reviews. I'm sure all the patrons of the show already did this, so I don't know why I'm still asking. But if you didn't, please go on the Apple Podcast app and uh, leave a review for our show, hopefully five stars. If you're a patron, I assume that you think that it should be having five stars. We got two more, which is sad. Uh, I think we have a, a good – I forgot the number that we had last time, but the ones that wrote things out, we have two more of those. So we have 21 total, all five stars except for one guy who gave us one star, and I could only guess who that is. I have my suspicions. Wait, was that before or after me? Uh, before you. Uh, okay, probably then I don't care. Me then. I think it's Michael J., but it's fine. Oh, okay. He does things like that. St. Stephen wrote, awesome fun. I can't explain why, but Married Children has always been a favorite of mine. I can still watch them and still laugh. Now, through the podcast, I can laugh at both the show and the commentary by the hosts, who are on a quest to dissect every episode. I look forward to the podcast every week. Aw, that's so sweet. Thanks, dude. Yep, okay, he wrote thank that. You. February 28th of 2018, he wrote that. Uh, July 25th, we got uh, Within the Flesh, right? Instantly be... Now, here's the thing. You can't see the the titles if they make them too long. So it's Instantly Becoming Cooler by Lit... And that's all I got. Probably listening to the show. <laughs> and then he wrote... A lickety split. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather dive off the Sears Tower headfirst new with thumbtack than miss an episode of this amazing podcast. Aww. That's an Al Bundy line. I've used that yeah. uh, about uh, 27 times in my life. <laughs> Just last week. <laughs> Wait, who said that? Now, guys, well, we have you. a couple things to get to. Sex points, uh, favorite 
moments from a character or oh uh, obviously we're not going to do the top five so let's go to sex points how about that what we do is uh al and peg have basically a a battle of the sexes uh for a decade here uh jerry justin and i decided that we should probably add up all of these sexual encounters and then kind of see who won in the end of it all when the smoke clears. You know, like, you know, that's their whole thing. So let's see who's coming out on top. So every wrap-up show, we added up all the ones along the way. When Al avoids sex, that's a point for him. When <laughs> Peggy gets sex, that's a point for her. Through some reason or reasoning, we decided that it doesn't matter how. Like, let's just say Al is going to win a contest if he has sex with his wife five days in a row and then he wins like $200,000 or whatever. It doesn't matter, but that's what Peg ultimately wants and we know he ultimately doesn't. So he's still losing even though he's winning. And I'm sure he wouldn't win and get that money what anyway. What about so. on the, the episodes when it's his decision? We've, oh, we, just, we decided that if Peggy gets laid, she wins. Okay. Even, okay. If, even if it's uh, Al doing it, for his own pleasure or like when he has sex with her so he can hurry up and watch the fight at the hotel. Um, it's oh, If they have sex, Peg wins. Because we know their ultimate agenda. Yeah. He wants to avoid it and she wants it. So that's how, you, you know, it just became, it, it was simpler because you could sit here and we'll spend 20 minutes debating every one of them. Yeah, there was an episode where we had like a long debate on it that I we finally that. were just like, all right, here's the clean cut of it. Right, we had to clean this up. And I used to be in charge of it, so I got final say, so I made that happen. Um, I made a mistake, guys, don't kill me, but in tooth or consequence, I gave two sex points to somebody, and for some reason I didn't write the name next to it because I wrote it on the top of my notes sheet, and I write, usually I'll write two sex points, peg, two sex points, Al, one sex point, peg. Things like that. For some reason, I just wrote two sex points, and then I wrote some other note next to it. And I guess I just forgot to write the name. So I don't know who that is, but lucky for all of us, it doesn't come down to two points anyway. So um, I'll go back and figure out what that was, and then I'll add it accordingly so at the end of this whole thing we can do them all. But uh, Peg has nine sex points for the season. And Al has two. So Peg wins a guess. Season and, four. And like always, Peg gets a bunch of them in one episode. <laughs> right? That's happy dude, to be hot off the grill. Yeah, it happens every season where she just, in one one certain episode, she just racks up. Just gets it. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So there you go, guys. I'm sure it's no surprise, and everybody who knows this season knows hot off the grill, and they probably all assumed Al is in trouble right off the bat. So, okay, let's get to our favorite moments from each character of this season, season four. So let's start off with Marcy. It's been an interesting season for Marcy. Um, So what are your guys' favorite moment of Marcy, I'm going to go ahead and always ask you in the same order. So we, Okay, so Jerry, who? what is your favorite um, moment for Marcy Rhodes this season? That would be Marcy thinking she slept with Bud. <laughs> uh, that is just 
beyond hilarious to me. Uh, her her reaction the entire episode and then her going out and getting ice cream with them was just fantastic. <laughs> There's so many good Marcy moments, but the look on her face when she wakes up next to Bud in those pajamas is priceless. <laughs> and he asks her if she's on the pill. <laughs> oh my god. That was the most ruthless line of that show. That was I, I had to rewind it. I was like, he didn't just say that. Yeah. That, he, that's uh, what we said on the show. We couldn't believe it. Yep. I wonder if Marcy the character truly believes she slept with Bud. Uh, sorry, I'm not I'm not trying to drag these. We have a lot to go. But yes, the ponder that guys. If Marcy truly believes that wow, that might have happened. Because I had a jug of wine in my hand. Right. So, uh, Jamie, how about you? What's your favorite Marcy moment? I love the moment when she's in the bar with Al and they are having their little heart to heart. It's when and simultaneously. Really? Really? Yeah. Really? Ooh, Bosco. No, she just stole my moment. But please continue. Oh. Oh. I just I I love that moment. You know, they're they're bonding together, having a, a heartfelt conversation, you know, n- near a guy who's thirty with like eight kids or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's only thirty something. He has like his white hair. He looks like my grandfather. <laughs> yeah, that was a great moment between those two. How about you, Dan? Oh, no, you just said that's yours also. Yeah, well, same moment, man. Because I've never seen that dynamic between those two and that was cool to see and it was just funny because she you know she had like a gunshot through her hand she was on painkillers <laughs> drinking on the painkillers like it was just like i don't know i'd never thought that that i would see that scene but uh it was very i think we said this on the episode too it was very endearing seeing them you know it's not like a funny moment um per se because usually the funny moments come when when they're at odds but it was just nice to see because it was just a flip side to what you what you used to and what you usually see from them going at it. So yeah, yeah, it's a nice break. It's nice uh, mixing it up. Yep. Uh, mine is in what goes around comes around. Just that that moment of total desperateness for human <laughs> contact when she gives the whole speech. Alan Peg, Al's busy writing his speech. Peg's thinking about like. I forgot what to wear or something like that to the um, to Bud's uh, what was that like a homecoming dance or something like that. They're all into their own thing, and Marcy comes around and says, "You know, you haven't even though despite the fact you haven't called or wrote or even veered to the left while I was laying in your driveway, I just want you to know, you know, the, the question to how she's doing, she's doing fine, you know, and that like insanely corny speech was just so funny to me. I don't know why it just is hilarious that she's so pathetic at that time <clears throat> that and just the corniness of she's doing fine, yeah, like who talks like that? You know, it's just so funny and um, it really encapsulates. They did an amazing job in general with Marcy. I'll just say real quick that her having a marriage with Steve, then the decline in dealing with the screw up Steve became and then dealing with the loss of her husband. They really for a comedy sitcom did that really well. And I think that's what speaks to people, that little underlying quality of this show. And I think that's why we're all here and care so much, for those little reasons. So let's go to Steve Rhodes. Everyone knows this is his last 
season of Married Children as a regular cast member. We all know he'll be back to a couple things, but yeah, this is about it though in the in the majority of stuff. So, Jerry, <laughs> oh god, what is your favorite Steve moment of season four? Steve kills a turtle. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's actually the way he's describing the politics of working at the pet store. <laughs> oh, you don't think I know they've seen me in the birds? Like, just him doing that where, like, he's, like, he's so enthralled with what he's doing. And it's and it's working at a pet store. It just, it kills me. It is one of the funniest things I have ever seen. I just, I love his speech going through it. I love... What? I know it's an odd choice, but like you heard what we all said about that. Yeah, this is crazy. Now, first, yeah, of all, no, I I disagreed yeah. with y'all, but I mean, we sometimes we disagree. My humor sometimes isn't your humor, and you no, know when no, no, it has to be the same. Always. No, no, it doesn't even matter about the sense of humor. He <laughs> would have never gotten that job had they known about Bosco. Never, they would never let him work at a pet store. Bosco happened a- afterwards, dummy. Never mind. I retract my previous statement. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! That's right. Hey, that's a good attempt, though. And I and I thought Jamie was gonna be the Kelly here. <laughs> oh, hey! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. She just was. All right, Jamie. How do? You, uh, what is your favorite Steve moment of this season? <laughs> Steve not realizing he's the nerd that Marcy is talking about. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. That to me, that whole thing was hilarious. And I get, and it also could have been a Marcy moment, just like her describing that whole bit, like going out with the nerd and him not having a clue. Even at the end, he's like, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I, that tickles me so much. <laughs> yep. How about you, Dano? Um, so <laughs> as much as I... I hate Steve for it. That's got to be my favorite moment was the Bosco moment, you know? I mean, I just think it was so ridiculously funny. And um, I don't know, like Jerry said, like there's certain things that just like tickle everybody's funny bone differently. And that was just like the funniest thing I've ever seen. And like we said on the episode, it's not it's not necessarily something that you see. It's something that they just talk about. And just imagining that was probably one of the funniest things ever. So... Without a doubt, throwing Bosco in the lake. Yeah, you definitely had an amazingly great time with that one. <laughs> I did not think you would pick anything else. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> well, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to say that my favorite Steve moment was when he was dying uh, in the middle of the woods in Buck Saves the Day. <laughs> yeah. When he had to have mud on his tongue and his hands were bandaged and he was delirious and he was talking about the house of Agamemnon and he was talking about the pirate Christian and time to the yard arm and all that stuff. And he was singing uh, green sleeves. That was before he was all messed up. But yeah, all these uh, great little moments. He was all down with the camping trip in general when Al wanted nothing to do with Al Dano Bundy. It was a really great uh, Steve little niche time for me, despite the heavy hitters, which you guys already named. So I figured I'll mix it up here. So, okay, let's move on to Bud Bundy. Uh, Jerry, what is your favorite Bud Bundy moment of season four? 
drilling holes in the wall oh, to see a vet. Wow, you stole mine. <laughs> mine too, man. That was so there, good. <laughs> there, there are so many. Like, I wanted to choose one from what comes around, goes around, but there were just so many that I was like, you know what, I got to put that episode off. And so I was like, okay, so what did Bud do that made me laugh the most? And I was like, definitely <laughs> drilling holes in the wall to see a vet. That was just between him like saying why he was doing it to her being like oh well, i don't care if you watch it oh, was so it was hot. perfect I, I like when he tells her he, she gets to sleep on the left side of the bed yeah and you know why right because he wets to the right <laughs> oh. for kelly not me uh yes well that was mine and i guess that was yours dan absolutely man i mean we talked about it on the show too that was just hilarious and then when she comes in at the end and and basically like helps him out with it too like it was just such a typical bud moment and it was just perfect Uh, and uh, yeah love it little did he know she was only 14 years old god you're a perv bud (laughs) meanwhile he was probably 14 it's probably fine right she looked like an adult compared to him, so that's kind of weird, right? Right. Like, just think, they could have been together, and that would have been sort of normal, but they looked nothing like they could have been together. Um, so, Jamie, you're the only one who has to fill us in for Bud's favorite moment. Uh, I actually think it's Rock and Roll Girl, where he is made a oh. man of. Yes. You yep. know, I, that's a good... Even though in the very next episode, he is referred to right. as a virgin... Right. Which is confusing. But he did get his moment in Rock and Roll Girl, and and I like that moment. Also, um, shout out to just that one brief second when he goes downstairs looking for the nudie magazines and they're not there. Oh, and he yeah. Come, oh yeah, right. And he comes up holding his heart. Oh, that cracks me up. <laughs> okay, that's number two. No, actually, I'm going to go ahead and go backtrack. That's number one for me. Oh, wow. Yep. The holes are number two. So there you go. Uh, All right. Now we're already moving on to Kelly. We're going through this pretty good. Um, Jerry, what is your favorite Kelly moment in season four? Uh, It's definitely Kelly becoming a weather girl and putting the magnet to her head. (laughs) That was like the whole weather girl part was hilarious. But when she's like, they don't just stick to anything and puts it on her head. I died. That was Mm. hilarious. I love the look on that blonde dude when he's like, uh, okay. Oh, my God. It was so good. Yep. How about you, Jamie? Well, considering the uh, that Rock and Roll Girl is my all-time favorite episode yep. ever, um, I have to say that uh, what goes around comes around at the very end is my oh, actually my favorite. Uh, thank you. Moment. I was sitting here like... I was wrong. I was a hundred percent that the end of what comes, what goes wrong yeah. comes around was your favorite moment. It and is. I thought my, I was wrong. My absolute favorite Kelly moment is the very end of what goes around comes around because you all know, I mean, I've said it a lot. You, everyone knows that some of my favorite moments are when the Bundys show their love for each other and when yep. they take up for each other. Plus she spells her name badass at the <laughs> end of that episode. When she does that, when she comes to the end of the hall calls to buck you know and just saunters i mean that's just badass that's pure straight up badass so that is my all-time favorite kelly moment uh mine was from um that episode the the rock and roll girl one um i just thought it was a combination of two things i thought it was really funny 
when she kept doing the takes over. That was a <laughs> that was a brilliant. But scene. I like him more. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> like we talked about in the episode when we reviewed it. Um, I think that's that's the best that she's ever looked. And so the oh wait, dude, let's just talk about when she put her leg on the speaker. That's exactly what I'm referring to. Absolutely. God. So those two moments combined, like I said, <laughs> when she was doing the scene over and over, that was hilarious. And uh, so, yeah, definitely that moment for me. Wow. Well, I'm going to – I didn't want to – and I'm I'm going to try to continue to do this if it happens again. I don't want to steal anyone's thunder or anything like that, so I'm not going to – oh, that was mine too. But mine was also um, what goes around comes around that final scene, the badass walk out to the hallway, calling Buck over – Turning around, laughing, looking up at the heavens, walking away, knowing I just did a job well done. Yeah, that there's nothing more badass in the world that encapsulates Kelly Bundy to the umpteenth degree. It might not ever get better than that. It, I love that they gave her the respect of not having her like walk into the lockers or you ooh. know trip trip over something. Um, you know, they gave her that moment and they mm-hmm. let her have it and they right. let her be on top. And I love that because usually whenever some, she does something, you know, then she'll turn around and walk into the wall or, or she'll, clock. you know, or the get clock. on the couch as she's walking by, you know, but they let her have that moment. And to me, that was perfect. That's really interesting to point out. You're right. Even if she has badass moments like tricking Marcy into thinking she slept with Bud, she immediately turns around and walks into a clock. Or like when she insults Jim Jupiter, she immediately turns and walks into the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it's interesting that they just gave it to her this time. Um, and this whole season, I just want to point out again, is that it's been pretty Kelly-centric, and that's a good thing. As I told you guys, Kelly's popularity was really rising during this time. Like, I read uh, articles back like five or six years ago that said that when because i've you know obviously i've always been into the show so i poked around myself a few times and i remember reading something that said um when you know it's a live studio audience and whenever kelly they introduce everybody individually and they'd walk out and uh you know before taping and when kelly walked out she got more applause than any other cast member Mm -hmm. including al (laughs) I think what what I I said it was the Fonzie effect because that happened with um, Happy Days 2. And they just started pouring Fonzie on to everything at that point. There's always like one standout character like that just comes like Urkel. Like he wasn't supposed to be the star of that show. He was (laughs) supposed to be like just a little tiny character. And, you know, then and I don't I will never understand his popularity to this day. I couldn't stand that show. What? Urkel? But, <laughs> like uh-huh. you, can't even, you can't even remember like any of the other characters on Family Matters. Didn't they have one girl just disappeared the middle? Child? Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Uh, well, there's some career she probably had after that. <laughs> Actually, so, she did. But that's. Yeah. Oh, she did. You know where this is going. Oh, don't tell me. Oh, yeah. She went the Terry Weigel route? (laughs) I think you're right, sir. Uh, Well, hey, that's okay, too. Uh, All right. Moving right along. Two more to go. So we're going to get to the heavy hitters here. Peg Bundy. What is your favorite moment of Peg Bundy in season four, Jerry? Peg Bundy cutting off the hair of a lady 
It's one of the few times that you really get to see Peggy like be protective over Al, stand up for Al. And because like in season three, there were so many episodes of Peggy just being a terrible person. Uh, it was nice to have Peggy do something good for Al. Yes. Even though it was completely insane. Right. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Interesting. How about you, Jamie? What's your favorite Peg moment of season four? That's actually mine, too. You know, when we talked about that episode, I said that I, I love I love that. I love them. And here I go again. But I love the moments when we see how much they actually do care about one another. Right. And to see her be willing to fight for her man, even though all she'd ever does is complain about it. At, uh, you know, and I same thing goes for Al when he gets like that with Peggy. It, you know, I like those moments. And for me, that was my favorite one with her even. And it was close, though, because I also love the I loved her in the little lamb episode hmm. and um, Jim Jupiter. So, yeah, right. That's funny how those little glimmers of light affect us through all of the the murkiness of what the show is as a whole you know like the whole thing is what it is but once we get those we capture those little moments of kelly sticking up for bud or peg doing this for her man or al not cheating because he loves you know we're here for the whole thing but those little moments are what fleshes out everything and makes it all work right without those it doesn't work Mm -hmm. you know and it doesn't strike us in any way yeah. So, uh, Dan, what is your favorite Peg Bundy moment of season four? You know, it's funny because I was just thinking about this, how it applies to uh, Marcy as well, that endearing moment. And just like you guys were talking about, it's those moments when they come together. It's um, You would think that these would all be like, oh, the, this funny joke, or like some of them are. But uh, when, it comes to, when it comes to Peg, I think it's when, uh, when she brought all those Playboys back to Al in that, uh, in that loop. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was great because, I mean... Uh, oh, th- yeah, she sold her to Balubro. Yeah, right. <laughs> chada, chada, tumbra, yumbra. Right? Yeah, no, I just thought that was great. Like, um, it, she really came through, you know, for once. She really came through. So I like that, you know. And then it's because that they rag on each other 99% of the time that makes those times uh, special and those right. moments stand out. So I, I would say that moment for sure. Wow. It's actually tough now that it's my turn hearing all your guys' stuff because it's almost like I want to piggyback. I sort of want to go with the Jim Jupiter because that was really Peg-centric. I loved her whole arc and how everything went wrong and her reaction to it of Jim dying. It's her fault. I almost want to <laughs> piggyback off of your your pick, Dan, and say that, like, uh, yeah, that moment when she comes in and gets Al's Playboys, God, I mean... She couldn't seem cooler and like uh, – Right. And it's weird because I was going to do a broad stroke and just say that she really carried those two Vegas shows pretty well, you know, and I was going to kind of go there. But, wow, I'm, I'm kind of like torn between the three. So I'll just leave that one up in the air between those three and just say I really don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, all right. So we're wrapping up this segment with um, – 
Al Bundy himself. What is your favorite moment of Al Bundy in season four, Jerry? <laughs> well, let me tell you, brother, when you get in the ring with oh. Al Bundy, it's a wrestling match that will go down in Vegas history forever. AKA the wrestling match with Al and uh, the big woman. Big bad mama. Yes. Big bad mama. <laughs> that wrestling match was so funny. Even though a lot of it's a reaction of... Right of the family and Marcy. It's just one of my favorite Al moments because Al does, Al gets in there and he, he lasts, he survives. <laughs> and, and he's at practice. I mean, do you remember that time he got his spleen crushed on a game show? <laughs> How do I love thee? Alex, uh, what's a spleen again? Oh, it's uh, located <laughs> near your style. Uh, never mind. <laughs> so, uh, you cover it with your parka. I don't know. Oh, my God. Shut up. In hell. I, that was the funniest thing because behind the scenes, I told Alex, I was like, Alex, I don't think anyone needed that much information on a spleen. <laughs> He's like, you know, I liked it better when I was listening to you on the skeleton crew. Yeah, because then I could fast forward when you started. Get to the Jamie part. Wow. <laughs> So the spleen, I mean, the uh, Big Bad Mama is your favorite moment. <laughs> yes. Uh, how about you, Jamie? I don't think this is going to shock anyone. It's Ooh. the moment where he runs to save Kelly and Red Rock and Roll Girl. Aww. Aww. His little girl on TV, and he's like, that's my little girl, and then just takes off. Daddy's coming, pumpkin, or something. But yeah. or hang on, pumpkin, daddy's coming. Yeah, and, yeah, I think that's it. Anyway, it's... Uh, that right there and so i don't think that's going to surprise anyone just because of all the other picks that i've had one and also that's my like favorite episode favorite episode fit in there somewhere yep yep absolutely how about you dan oh it was a tie i got two so the first one was um (laughs) was the same thing that jerry said it's the same exact thing but more specifically (laughs) al's legs twitching like <laughs> that was probably the funniest thing ever. Like I was just dying at that. Like a lot of that stuff. Um, Jamie had said on an earlier show that you know sitcoms like this are basically like a cartoon. So that physical comedy really comes through, and it's like like that's the thing. It's married with children. <laughs> this show's so stupid sometimes, but that's like that's why I love it. And the leg twitching was just a perfect, perfect example. And it just it just encapsulates what this show is and, and how it is so stupid and how cartoony it can be. Now, the other one is um, <laughs> is when Al's on the phone and and he's trying to locate. Hey. We thought he was looking for his wife. Yeah, he's like, it's 19 inch. <laughs> and he goes, description? Uh, 19 inch. <laughs> Diagonal. Oh, I, oh, that was so funny. I did not see that coming at all, and I just burst out laughing. And nah. and th- you know there are a lot of moments though. Another one too, I got to throw in. It's kind of a recurring thing, and and we talked about this before. I'm not sure that Married with Children um uh were pioneers in this aspect, but Al just the slamming of the door. Uh, especially in like Marcy's face is oh, oh yeah it is great yeah like and he does it to a couple different people but it's never not funny so <laughs> it was, the best was he did to the mailman <laughs> yeah. he goes after twenty years of loyal service I swear he's a exactly. here babe we got our mail <laughs> oh that was so I great I don't know if that's the same mailman that they were referring to the, in the, the Donnellys 
I'm going to go ahead and say uh, she has an old man fetish. It ha- right? It has to be. Listen, don't. Oh, yeah. What are you doing kink shaming her? We don't do that, Alex. <laughs> How many podcasts do I have to go on to tell people not to kink shame? Check out R-rated commentary uh, Friday the 13th Part 2 where I teach everyone not to kink shame. <laughs> yes. If you're into kinky stuff, don't shame them for it. Yeah. <laughs> so my favorite Al Bundy you moment. That's so ridiculous. My favorite. Hey, listen, if you were there, you would know what it's all about, man. Oh my God. You had to listen. You had to listen to that. That was that was probably one of the funnest funniest things ever. You really should hear it, Dan. You would love it, actually. And, and, then, I, and then Alex brought it up on one of the Married with Children episodes, so I got to bring it up there, too. And he now, was so shocked, I remember. That yeah, I and it. now Alex has brought it up on my Facebook and has brought it up here. Like, <laughs> it's that good. Well, uh, my favorite Al moment is um, – I love all yours, actually, really. The uh, Desperately Seeking Miss October when Al's talking to his dad. Mm. Which we still to this day have not figured out if uh, that was a delusion of Al or if Al's dad's ghost actually somehow manifested itself and and visited uh, Al's uh, living room and really talked to him about what's going on in heaven. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Al's moment in that same episode where he felt the duke in him when he said to Peg, Get up, get out, and get my Playboys. I do love that moment. I love it when Al's assertive. Yep. Yeah, right. And then Peg came through, which is the icing on the cake. So it's like a combo platter here with the, their two favorite moments of those two. Yep. So there you go, guys. That was this segment. And now we move on to the final and some people's favorite uh, segment of our season wrap-up shows because it's always interesting to find out uh, what people think are the best episodes of a season. Hey guys, want to represent the Marrow Children podcast? Go to tpublic.com T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C Dot com. Just go to the search bar and type in Married with Children Podcast. They have everything you need to rep your favorite podcast, tank tops, long sleeve shirts, baseball t-shirts, crew necks, hoodies. They even have these in kid sizes, phone cases for all different styles and sizes, laptop case, stickers, wall art, notebooks, mugs, pillows, tote bags, travel mugs you name it they got it all guys and for great prices go to tpublic.com for all your married with children podcast representational needs now this might just be me saying this but i do believe a lot of people feel the golden years of married children are season three through five Mm. and four and five are the i mean it's hard to say season three isn't but i think four and five are held in a little higher regard so these might be the two best seasons, the one we just did and the one coming up. So when we pick these, this is important. Let's start off. Now, Jerry, we always start off with the la- the, the two worst, right? Yes. Now, when we say this, our bottom two least favorite, I, I assume we're all saying this very loosely because this is such a great season. But I do know it seems that Jerry is serious about one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure about the rest of you guys. So, 
So, Dan, what did, give us one of your least favorite episodes of this season. All right. Um, so the first one would be number 71, Who Will Stop the Rain. Now, it has its funny moments. Um, I went back and looked at my ratings. It was, um, it was tied for my lowest rated one. And, and even at its lowest, though, I still rated it a three. So it wasn't it wasn't bad by any means, but like I've said before, and like you just basically said again, it's this is like the uh, the the golden age of married with children. Like I came in at such a great time, and so many episodes. Like I was looking at the list of all my ratings. There's a lot of fives in there, and um, and yeah, like these being three, like still could stand toe to toe with a lot of sitcoms uh, even today. I can't really say too much about it. There were there were certain aspects that I did like. It's just nothing put it over the top for me. Right, you're not you don't really th- run to the slapstick of marriage hills. You're more into like the yeah. And, and I'll say this too about episodes like that. Um, every show pretty much has. I mean, even Breaking Bad has the fly episode. You know, every <laughs> every uh, every sitcom, every show is gonna. Uh, they're not always gonna knock it out of the parks, and yeah. So three though, three isn't bad. No, not bad. We, as long, I don't think any of us got to two point fives this year. No, Jerry uh, and Justin both have. Yeah, I had a two point five this year. So Jamie, what what is? Uh, give us one of your least favorite of the year. Uh, this is probably going to upset some of you, and uh, I can't help it. I just have a thing. Um, and it's Buck Saves the Day. And, oh, yeah. And my thing is, I don't really like it when sitcoms go to the woods. Right. <laughs> and I know that sounds like a lame reason, but it is. There are things, there are like three things I don't like. I, or no, four <laughs> things I don't like. I, I don't like when sitcoms go to the woods. I don't like when sitcoms <laughs> go to Hawaii. I don't like when sitcoms <laughs> go to Paris. And I typically don't like Christmas episodes of sitcoms. So yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but you take a sitcom to the woods and it just isn't funny to me. So I just am not nuts about that episode. Interesting. Even though there were some funny bits about it, it just, I'm just not. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, maybe it's because you're taking it out of the element, which I think is why I don't like it when they go on vacation. Right. Inevitably, everyone goes to Hawaii, it seems. Mm-hmm. Or at least they did in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they go now, but. um. They go to Poppies by the yeah. tree. <laughs> they go to Jumpwater, Florida. Yeah, exactly. But, um. The, you know where you can meet the guy who met Andy Griffith. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as good as petting the dog who saw Lassie. <laughs> little albino girl. <laughs> <laughs> little uh, white-haired albino girls. Um, but yeah, I don't like it when they take it out of the element. I think I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. All right. How about you, Jerry? What's uh, one of your least favorite of this season? Also, Buck saves the day, but for a different reason. Um, and you'll wow. remember, I actually rarely get to the 3.5, 3.5, but I was highly disappointed because I wanted more Buck. You can't give me an episode yeah, called what? Buck saves the day and A, barely have Buck in it, uh, B, have Buck not save the day, right. and there is no C, fix your damn episode. <laughs> right. Um, I like the episode, but if I think back to the most 
disappointing episode for me. It was that one because I had such high hopes for Buck Saves the Day. I love Buck. I think Buck-centric episodes are really funny. Remember when he was, like, banging at every uh, bitch in the neighborhood? Like, all that's yeah. amazing, you know? Yep. You know, him chewing on, a, you know, a Santa Claus shoe or something? Like, Buck has so many great things. And then you get an episode called Buck Saves the Day, and you're like, all right, this is going to be great. And Buck's barely in it. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't save a thing. He doesn't. He The only thing he saves is the note he's chewing on. <laughs> yeah. Jerry, wasn't that the last episode that you were on as well before? Yeah, I was okay. so upset about <laughs> that that I left the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys, that's secretly why he's not here. It's not because uh, he couldn't do it. In, in preparation for the show, though, um, I, I checked out all the shows after, obviously, but the ones before – I had checked out way before, so I hadn't remembered. I equated the Buck Saves the Day episode to the one in season eight where it's all from Buck's perspective, and that one I absolutely hated. And I thought for sure that if an episode is going to be called Buck Saves the Day, then it would be Buck Rickard. Is that the one where he's dating the the other dog and they eat spaghetti in a back alley or something? Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hate that episode. I thought it was that one. And then, yeah, I, I watched this episode and I was just like, wait, did I miss something? Because usually like I'm pretty on top of these things. And uh, <laughs> I saw no buck. Uh, was he even in the episode? I don't even know. Uh, once they went to the woods, he was. OK, yeah. Now, you're pretty on top of this episode, but I like women with things on top. <laughs> yes. Vegas episode. Nice. Uh, well, that's not my answer, though. Uh, <laughs> no, trust me, those are not my bottoms. These aren't mind-blowing, and I'm not very passionate, like I said. Uh, I'll just, for now, I'll say the one, um, he ain't much, but he's mine. Yep, that was, yep. It was, it was an episode, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. I don't remember feeling too much of anything. It was just what it was, and it was a good topic, I guess, to tackle, you know, Al possibly cheating. Like, if I were going to a deserted island and one of the discs would be missing two episodes, what could you live without? This would be one. That's all. I agree, Alex. That was my second. uh... (laughs) Oh, good, because you're the next guy to go. Yeah, that was it, though. I I totally agree. Um, I rated that one a three as well. Uh, I think you pretty much said it. It was um, there was some good stuff in it. You can live without it. Yeah, not nothing, nothing spectacular, you know? It's like it's like meant to like kill the cast or something. It's just nothing, nothing special. <laughs> it's just like kill the cast. Wow. I wish someone would kill the cast on this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Jamie, what is your second not so favorite episode of this season? I know you guys are not going to be happy with this, and there's Jamie? just a damn thing I can do about it. I'm sorry. Jamie, don't watch worry. It. I'm going Jamie? after you, Jamie. You'll be. They'll forget it in a moment. Jamie, don't do this. <laughs> you still change your mind. Think before you speak, Jamie. Come on, just just go over that list one more time. On. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. But it's um, and it may not be as bad as you as I'm making it out to be. But um, I I it's nine seven six shoe. Oh, my Ooh. God. How oh, yeah. I kind of expect that. Sure. Because she didn't like his commercials beyond the first one, right? Yeah. I mean, that they. I just think that they were lacking yep. greatly in creativity. I think they could have been a lot funnier, and they were not, And to me. And, Great. yeah, I mean, it was. It just was a, a whole lot of wasted opportunity. Wow. Well, yeah, 
That's fine. I don't. I'm not passionately against that answer. I guess. I feel like if they wouldn't have messed up the continuity with the bottom of the shoe too in the in the next. Oh, in the other episode where it's still there. <laughs> All right, Jerry. What's your? Uh, oh God, we already know. Okay, guys. So it turns out Jerry's second pick for least favorite episode of the season is. Dead Met, don't do aerobics. So go I, ahead, I gave it a 2.5. It is the least rewatchable episode to me in this season. I just, I don't get down with it. To me, when they do Peggy episodes, just like when Peggy gets a job, they don't work for me always. And this is another example where Peggy gets a job. They just, there was just a lot of missed opportunities. With Dead Men Don't Do Aerobics, I just didn't get into the jokes or the humor of it. Um, it just didn't hit with me. It, um, and that's it. And I, I, I've already got the wood and I've got the nails ready, guys, so y'all can crucify me because I know y'all are about to. But um, that's why you don't have to worry about that phone call, Jamie. You don't have to call Dr. Shoe because I picked Dead Men Don't Do Aerobics as the worst episode of the season. Okay. Yeah, you're right because uh, I'll be calling you. Exactly. You'll be. You can't call me from the afterlife, Jamie. <laughs> Not how it we'll works. We'll call you every Easter. All right. Listen. You know what my favorite nights are? The nights where everybody's just being extra corny. I just love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I listened to Life is Peachy this morning. Right? Well, I'm, listen, Jerry, what you need, I can tell you what you need. I know already. What I need is more Steve. Nope. <laughs> What you need is a Jim Jupiter t-shirt, and I'm going to go ahead right now. If you, I swear to God, Alex, if you buy me a Jim Jupiter t-shirt, you I want you to, to wear, wear it you have every Wednesday. Yep. I, you know what? If if a Jim Jupiter t-shirt shows up on my door, I'll, ta- I, I'll put it on. I'll take a picture of it. I will record a video of me pathetically attempting to work out. Just for the Patreons. <laughs> but you ha- somebody has to count. They have to go 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. I get um, Alex or Dan or whoever's available to on the phone, and I'll put it on speakerphone, and I'll let them count it out while I attempt to do some of the exercises that Peggy, that Peggy did, did in the show. Yeah. Okay. Jim Jupiter shirt shows up at my door step, and I'll do it. We have a workout video. Okay. Yeah. For Patreon only, because I don't want that public. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. What was I supposed to answer? Oh, my second one. My second lowest. <laughs> I forgot where we were. My second least favorite episode of this season is, again, not passionate about this answer. Peg turns 300. I could live without. I think that one's hilarious. I know. Listen, I'm not passionate. Like I said, I don't know why I picked it. I just felt like... I think this one hurts me the most. Like, I think I feel a little offended. Really? Yes, because that's such a good... Like, that was almost my Peggy moment. Well, what else would I pick? I mean, I'm looking through here. Bulk Saves the Day is apparently a popular choice. Right. But I'm uh, very nostalgic with that one. Remember the kids were looking at Kelly and her legs? Hmm. Steve's dying. That's always cool. <laughs> yeah. Al Daniel Bundy. I really don't have a passionate answer. I'm telling you, I don't really dislike anything. Right, and that's the whole point. It's because they're not all right. The, that none bad. of these are really bad. Right. To me, some of them are just borderline mediocre. You know. 
Right. So that's all, dude. Don't get offended. Believe me. <laughs> we are wrapping up the wrap-up show with our top five. We're going two steps beyond what we normally do because you guys deserve it. All the patrons of the show are the diehard. You guys are true no ma'am. You're the diehard listeners. Only you understand the vision that we are creating here. You know, uh, this show is dead. It's been dead for 20 years. What, this podcast? No, the actual show. Oh, okay. This podcast has been dead for a year and eight months. Ever since I left. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. All right, so what we're going to do, guys, is give you our top five favorites of season four, starting with the fifth one and ending with the first. Okay, so Jamie, what is your fifth favorite episode of this season four, Married Children? Uh, well, much to Jerry's chagrin, it's a dead men don't do aerobics. Oh, you should see my chagrin right now. Yo, face. <laughs> I have. I really do love the Jim Jupiter. Jim Jupiter. Jim Jupiter. Jim Jupiter. Jim Jupiter. Jim Jupiter. Episode. <laughs> what did you do in that last show? You said. Bonus, 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 That was great. It's, it's, oh, it's a Patreon. Oh, guys, by the way, whenever we do really major screw-ups that we think are just good enough for you guys, we actually save those clips, and we're going to give you guys a whole presentation of all of our screw-ups behind the scenes. Oh, no. Wait, do you really? Oh, yeah. I love blooper oh, reels. All right, so, good. Dead Men Don't Do Aerobics, I completely agree with you not that it's my fifth but it's definitely one of the best um dan what is your fifth favorite of season four uh number five would be uh desperately seeking miss october nice like i said uh i rated that a 4.5 and my four through one were all fives um i forget why i took that half a point yeah i wonder why because she wasn't naked? Yeah, probably. That makes the most sense, <laughs> knowing me. But um, love that episode, though. That was great. I uh, I really enjoyed it. And holy cucamonga cracker killers, is she beautiful. So, yes. Ooh. Oh, we didn't... <gasps> we screwed up. I know. I, I just Oh, thought... you're right. We forgot to do the hottest chicks of the season. Okay, you know what? Fine, we'll end it with that real fast. Okay. It's fine. That's fine. <laughs> okay. We only have one. We have to pick one. Perfect. All right, guys, they have something to look forward to. So we normally end it with this, but guess what? Uh, I screwed up. <laughs> so we have something to look forward to here. Ending, uh, we'll end it on Hot Chicks, something Jerry Herring knows nothing about. Nothing about? What did you say? About. You heard me. Did you go to Canada while you were looking for <laughs> Jefferson? I know he's, as, know he's as big and dumb as a moose, but damn, he's not in Canada. You should join the Exploding Heads Horror Podcast. I think it'd fit right in. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I'm next, I guess. So my number five is What Goes Around Came Around. Mm. That is a classic, absolute classic episode. Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen hops on Married Children and does an outstanding job as Heather McCoy. Um... It is just really kind of perfect, honestly, and it has one of the greatest endings in marriage children history. So there's nothing not to love about what goes around came around. So that's my pick, Jerry. What's your number five favorite? 
uh, I rated this episode a four, and that would be at the zoo. Uh, oh, here we go. I I absolutely love Stevie in this episode, but I'm a big fan of what I consider a uh, a throwback to something that happened with Al, where we see just a black and white photo <laughs> of Steve, and they're talking about all this horrible stuff he just did, <laughs> and that was a throwback to Al, and I I absolutely love that, and and I just love the fact that. Steve killed a turtle. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> legitimately. That is so not funny. He, <laughs> he murdered a turtle. Like, the this turtle survived and he threw him back in. It is literally the definition of the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> if you look that up in the dictionary, it has Steve's uh, arrested picture. <laughs> Of that, I I just it, to me it's it's one of the funniest episodes out there for for how Steve is running around from Marcy all day and and all it, it's so good and it's it's Steve realizing that he wants to work with nature it's it's absolutely funny and I got to throw the gauntlet down Dan yeah uh, this whole Bosco thing we're gonna settle the beat but we're not gonna settle it all on here me you commentary show for at the zoo we settle the Bosco. Patreon only. I just hope it goes better than our Power Ranger recordings that never are gonna see the light of day. We gotta redo those also, actually. I'm gonna as soon as this is done, I'm gonna be messaging you. We gotta set up a few recordings. We covered dude. like 15 Power Rangers episodes. <laughs> and then the whole recording was just me and Power Rangers. And for some reason cut out Dan. Yeah. Fun <laughs> accident, right, Jerry? Totally a worthwhile night, huh? Uh, yeah, no, dude, we spent like almost two hours watching <laughs> Power Rangers and talking, and it was all for nothing. So, but, but this time, me, you, at the zoo, nothing, uh, nothing would make me happier. All right, guys, there you go. Another Patreon exclusive, Patreon exclusive for August. You but guys, for, it's coming. August, holy crap! I feel it like- is, it's August. No, but uh, we have like. No, we no. You actually can't. I'm afraid you cannot bogart August because we have "Don't Tell Mom That Babysitter's Dead." During we have to get it done during the summer, man. That's a summer movie. Okay, September. All right. Oh, yes, exactly. it's going down. For real? <laughs> I'll have it. It's it's it'll be the Rumble in the Bronx of commentary tracks. Well, be uh, ready. I almost feel like it, as as much. Oh, as... And let's get ready to mumble. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I feel like though it'll just be us just laughing the whole episode. Like we'll take a stance and then we'll just end up laughing at that picture and rewinding. No, it. no, these people are paying. You better argue for a little bit first, then you can. They win. are. Oh yeah, they're actually paying for this. How much? Uh, roughly five dollars a month for each. It'll episode. it'll be like the skeleton crew that '90s episode. It's actually funny that you guys are uh, mentioning this because uh, we have something to talk about uh, off air after this that I really want to touch about. That it is exactly what you guys are talking about. But oh god, uh, I have to go after this. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I get Alex off. I just tell him, yeah. <laughs> Okay, Jerry was the last. He picked. Okay, right. Okay, so that means that Jamie, you're picking your number four favorite episode of this season, and that would be hot off the grill. Oh, nice! I have always liked that episode, and every single I swear, since this episode originally aired, 
every time I have ever cooked on the grill, eaten at a barbecue, or anyone has ever talked about cleaning a grill, I think about this episode. Wow. Since what year? Since it aired. Because this was one that has stuck with me since original airing. Wow. And I always think of I always think of ashes, you know, and <laughs> actually even whenever anyone talks about cremating anyone, I think about this episode too. So it just it's it's always there in the back of my mind. You're thinking about paying sailors in hell. <laughs> After they found out too, didn't they let Al continue to eat it as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't even care. Yeah, that's funny you say that. Like nobody even we didn't bring that up either. Nobody even cared to say uh Al <laughs> You're eating, you know, they just told each other, the back three people. So Kelly told Steve and not Al. Right. That That's what I'm saying. I wonder if Kelly was just afraid that she'd get in trouble if she told Al. So she'd rather just spare a victim. Right. Could have been, yeah. But how funny that she felt comfortable telling Steve, assuming he wouldn't tell Marcy. Right. Right. I mean, like, right. typically, husbands and wives... Are you know take up for each other or whatever? <laughs> yeah, you would think so. No, this one bites the. No, I was just going to say, Alex, if it was like later on in the season when they were at odds, maybe yes, but it wasn't. They weren't there yet. They were still a pretty cohesive couple. So yeah. And yet he still takes a bigger bite out of the burger. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Yes. Great pick. Absolutely. It's one of the greatest episodes ever, Marriage Children. Actually. So Dan, what is your fourth favorite of this season? All right, that would be uh, Fair Exchange. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, I gave it a five. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was perfect, man. I loved it. I thought that that uh, like Jerry had mentioned with the uh, holes in the wall, that was one of the funniest things ever. That was perfect. Not only just a uh, a bud moment, but a a married with children moment in general. It was just, it was just perfect. And um, obviously the guest star. Hey, that's what I like about those high school girls, man. I get older. They stay the same age. Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, just love that episode. It was a lot of fun. It it allowed um, Kelly to shine, and that was cool, other than, you know, like rock and roll girls. I like like seeing competition for her and seeing her in her element. I mean, she's always being set up as the dumb one, and you can make a lot of jokes. Um, at her expense, but I liked what they did with her in that episode. It was good. It was a it was a nice balance. I think they gave her some depth to see that Kelly's not as not insecure as you thought she was. Absolutely. Yep. Like as a family member, you don't get to see her generally speaking at school um, in relation to other girls or whatever. So to bring another girl that's basically the same as her, you know, good looking and uh, you know dating a lot, obviously. To see that dynamic was cool. I always like when they bring in other characters, not to necessarily bring in other characters, but just to to show one of the main characters' relationship with them and how they work off of them. And I think that was like the perfect example of that. You know, something else I find interesting on this show is that these people don't have any friends. Like, <laughs> yeah. Kelly doesn't have any girlfriends. Right. Like, you never see her hang out with other girls. She doesn't do anything the only time you ever see her is with dates mm-hmm. but the only time you ever see any guys he even knows is when he brings them over to show them mercy <laughs> well he used to <laughs> hang out with this kid joey or something but then that kind of ended in season two 
Yeah, he was still little then. Now they just they don't do anything. Like they don't have any friends, and I, it never crossed my mind. Mm. Like I never thought it was weird until just now, and then I'm right. sitting here going, "They don't have any friends, not even any." Right. It's so bizarre. Yeah. I kind of like that though. It kind of makes, I it kind of makes them more accessible. If they have friends, you almost feel like you're instantly like not part of this the crowd or. Or something, you feel like you're on the outside looking in at, oh, that's that group, and right. he has his friends, and we're just going to see what they do when they're with each other. When he doesn't, it almost feels like, well, we're your friend while we're watching this. You know, like, we're part of this. We're with you. You're not, you don't have anything else going on. It's just kind of you're in this moment with us. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gives us a different connection, which I think is better. Because... I feel like, you know, as a kid, definitely, I felt like, yeah, this is like my world. These are my friends. These are, this is the people I connect with. I, I would have definitely feel like I felt, I would have felt a disconnect if they were in their own thing already. And I just was observing it. I guess, you know, it's, it's definitely a different take. Yeah, definitely. Well, my fourth favorite of the season is Rock and Roll Girl. I don't think really have to explain that one. Uh, Jamie kind of does that for us in a roundabout way. I did enough on the episode, and I already mentioned how her leg on the speaker really meant a lot to me growing up. <laughs> you and everyone else. And it has not ceased to mean anything to me now. <laughs> so, no, I'm just kidding. No, it's it's more than that, obviously. it's uh, I love Kelly. She's cool. She's a rocker chick. That's what I'm into. So, Jerry, your fourth favorite of the season. I rated this episode a four. It's the agony of defeat because Ooh. I find the Marcy Bud uh, angle hilarious. Kelly is on fire in this episode mm. with her schemes. And uh, the stuff that happens with Al is, is pretty funny, but uh, it's definitely all, all, all about the uh pajamas and uh <laughs> the the wine <laughs> despite how they dressed up that episode so all right cool moving right Your along was my jammies it'll stand a chance <laughs> it's funny you care about that quote so much dan because that's how i started that episode off i know that's why i love it it's perfect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> jamie what is your third favorite episode of season four desperately seeking miss october I think wow. everyone will know why when they hear how impassioned I was. <laughs> yeah, Jamie, you were on fire that day. You were, you were on That's a topic that's very important yeah. to me. And so I don't think that's a shock. But yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite episodes ever, not just of this season. And can I just say, too, that that was one of my favorite episodes of the podcast because of, of what you said, Jamie? Like, I love that. It was perfect. Yeah, Jamie felt it was her Playboy rant, but I got to say that <laughs> in our feedback, people actually cited that Jamie's uh, segment of Playboy and what Playboy meant to her growing up, what it means to America, historical value in general, um, that was some of their favorite material of that episode. So, yep. Wow. Well, that's how our listeners get to know who we are. And some people don't care to get to know – like. 
they're like, oh, I don't want to hear anything about you. I want to I want to hear about this specific movie that you're talking about or whatever. I'm like, well, there are 150 other shows yeah, but that see, you can hear. OK, yeah. not about Married with Children. Yeah, obviously, okay. there's only one. <laughs> but, but if it was just all analysis, I'd probably, you know, yeah, we'd prob- eventually zone out because you don't personalize it. There's no connection. You have to connect with your host. The one thing me, Jerry, and Justin said in the very beginning is let's not get too personal right away. Let's give people what they want and let's ease them into us. And then around like the third episode or so, we'll start giving personal stories, you know, tidbits here and there. And that way we don't overwhelm people with that instantly. But we definitely start peppering and it becomes a part of everything. Yep. You know, you have to at least get let people put their toe in. Let them just see what you think about the show itself. Then, then let's get the full connection going. And if you can't do that ever, then something's wrong with you. That means you you just probably shouldn't be doing podcasts. And it just gives off good vibes too, man. You know, you get good vibes going, and that just leads into into having fun with watching the episodes and podcasting about it. So it, it all is kind of relative, you know. It's it- Sitting back listening to all three of you talk reminds me of why I love you three as podcasters, why I love the Skeleton Crew, and why <laughs> I love it that uh, Alex brought you two on to Married with Children. Like, I, I haven't even wanted to interrupt because I'm just like over here entertained as shit. Just like, <laughs> man, they're getting deep right now, guys. Just over here. I'm over here That's fanboying so out, just chilling. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> Now, now, Alex, you have that uh, recorded, right? Because Jerry just complimented me, so I want that. We anytime he compliments you, I have to document it. That's like that's like the uh, sex points I get, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, you get <laughs> sex <laughs> points. It's the same thing. There's still sex <laughs> points. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dan. So, what is your third? Right? Is that what we're on third favorite of the season? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jamie's favorite, uh, Rock and Roll Girl. Loved it, and and I watched that, and uh, that that actually just goes with what we were just saying too, because I really did like that episode. Um, it was it was borderline great, but then I heard we were sitting there podcasting, and I I did a thing where I just upped it a half a point. It went from a four point five to a five because of Jamie. Well, no, listening to both of you guys talk about it and how much oh. you loved it. And I was like, you know what? They're absolutely right, and there's no reason for me to deduct half a point. This this episode was perfect. I, I loved it. And um, and that was a lot of fun to do, too, um, uh, doing doing that episode for the, uh, for the podcast. So yeah. absolutely, 100%, number three, rock and roll girl. I gave it five. Five stats. I just want to cite real quick. I kind of uh, halfway goofed. When I played the song for that show, I played the exact recording from the show. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew they were a real band and stuff because we kind of did that research mm-hmm. that they did this episode and try to kind of – that was supposed to be their springboard. <laughs> I never thought that they actually recorded this song or put it out in any form. So it turned out that only after we did the show – did I find that out like the same week after we released <laughs> it? Was a real it? thing, yeah. Yeah, so I could have played you guys the real song, and I probably would have played it all the way through just so we could hear the whole thing. I mean, when are you ever going to hear that again, you know? <laughs> Jamie so, would be like, play it again. <laughs> yeah. So that song that the Gutter Cats play, you can hear that entire song. Gutter Cats. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. 
Just type in gutter cats married with children, I guess, probably. only That's all you have to do on YouTube, and you'll hear the entire song, and the whole song's good. So check that out, guys. Uh, so my number uh, three of the year is Dead Men Don't Do Aerobics. I love Jim Jupiter. <laughs> I love every word he says, every word everybody says on that episode. I love every number he counts down. I love the corniness. I love the rebellious of Al and Steve. I love uh, the resistance of Peg. And I love Bud saying he's the studliest man on earth. And Kelly saying if, if you wear weights on your arms, you could pop your zits. And that's how you can gain muscle. Uh, everything, every single thing about it, the fact that she kills Jim, the fact that a cockroach teaches them the way, there is nothing better than that. Although the premise is super flawed in the sense that why would a guy show up there for two weeks if he's not even recording a damn thing? What the hell could possibly be in it for him when he should be doing a show? That's how he makes his money. Uh, why would he go there alone in a van? Uh, there's no crew. There's nothing but him. And he just sleeps in your house? Sure. You could po- poke holes through this. That's fine. <laughs> but, God, the experience of just watching it is great. I love it. And I've seen this episode over 50 times, I think. Oh, wow. So, oh, absolutely. In the last 20 years, 25 years? Sure. Easily. So, uh, let's move on to Jerry for your number three of season four. It's yard sale, yard sale, yard sale. Uh, nice. Yard sale, uh, yard sale. <laughs> uh, I really like yard sales. I really like talking about yard sales. Let's get back into this. What, back into yard sales? Yeah, let's talk about, uh, okay, so you have to pick which ones you're going to in order. You know, then you want to take lunch. Then you want to hit up the... Whoa, uh, whoa, take lunch. What kind of amateur hour is this? <laughs> <laughs> take lunch. You better have brought a bologna sandwich with you. Yeah, you yeah. pack that in the cooler. You bring yeah, you don't have time. You don't have time to be taking a lunch break, man. They're You're going to miss 25-cent Christmas plates if you take a lunch, okay? <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, I only say that because last time I was in Alabama, I got to go on. I went yard sale with my grandfather, and I bought 25-cent uh, Christmas plates. Uh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it was great. Um, but no, I, I like yard sale. It's fun. Um, uh, and this one, I will honestly say, I think I like this episode more because of doing the podcast on it. Cause now I always like, cause it's not a strong closer for the season. Uh, it feels like a regular episode, but it has so much going for it. It had, it had Peggy's addiction. It had a forehead. Which was crazy. I always wondered what Dan would look like with hair. Um, <laughs> it, wow! It had Bundy Land. It had the the uh, <laughs> the great squawking moment. Bosco commentary, by the way. I'm sorry. What? I said, ladies and gentlemen, you can forget about that Bosco commentary, by the way. Nope. You already agreed. There's a contract. Alex already already did it up. I'm sorry. We already have the production date. Yep. <laughs> uh, sorry. You're you're in it. You're in it. To win it now, buddy. Uh, but yeah, I, I love yard sale, and I think this this might be one of the first times where like an episode has went up for me after the fact because of the conversation I had on it. Uh, like I've went up during an episode having conversation, but afterwards, just thinking back on 
man, that was such a good conversation talking about yard sales and talking, just talking about the episode in general, that it didn't go up while we were talking about it. It stayed a solid four, but I would almost give it a 4.5 now just because of the memories of recording that episode. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Like what that episode generated in your interactions with people can definitely, that's why we do this, honestly. So, all right, here we are, guys, our top two favorite episodes. This is exciting. I know one of Jamie's, probably, oh, obviously, I know Jamie's number one. Oh, I hope you have guesses for my two. Go ahead, Jamie. So we know number one, but I'm not going to say it out loud in case people have such a bad memory they don't know. So, <laughs> they haven't your... been ta- paying attention the six times it's been said on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, McFly. Uh, my number two is what goes around comes around. Oh. And... Well, um, actually, it came around, came around. Came, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, I looked <laughs> it up, and online it actually says what goes around comes around. Yeah, but we, we already went we went through all of that. And yes, you're right, but there's different sources, different things. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Well, I went by the, the printout that Sony did when they, when they uh, released the DVDs. I, you, you have to imagine that's... A stronger source than something on the computer, right? Who are you going to trust, Sony or the internet? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, for several reasons, I love this episode. And we, like I've already said, you know, Kelly badass. That's awesome. And I love Kelly. I love my Kelly. But we also get Tiffany Amber Thiessen in this episode. Mm-hmm. And that's just hot on hot right there. <sighs> I've always loved her. She's great. I love revenge episodes. I I mean you know it's just that there are so many things about this one and it's uh, it's right up there. It was kind of duking it out for spot number one, and if the number one spot had not been so strong, it would have been a contender. Mm. Nice, wow, nice, awesome. That's that must have been why it turned out to be such a fun podcast. Like this show has just been like a re-experience of this show. That's so great to me. Yeah, because a lot of times when you watch it by yourself, it just, um, you might have thoughts or whatever, but then getting on here and then just laughing about the exact same things, it just like, I don't know, it brings me a personal joy. Like, I've told, like, for, so for me, I, I'm totally rediscovering the show, and it's been, it's been like a complete, yeah, because like, like I said, I liked it, but now I love it, and I look forward to like every episode, and I just pray that they, uh, they bring it back in some carnation, you know, reincarnation. Mm-hmm. So what's your number two favorite of season four? Uh, number two is It's a Wonderful Life. Now, okay. Woo! Okay, yeah, but. Oh, Jamie. I expected that in one of your top five. I know you did. I was, I was hoping you wouldn't notice. <laughs> yeah, because when you wow. number two, I was like, well, wait, no, because that should be number. Yeah, but what about that one? So, yeah, you got me all flushed. Wow. Think. But um, yeah, but it's a Christmas so, episode. I uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should be like lucky you liked it as much as you did, right? Exactly. All right, <laughs> all right, Dan. So I'm assuming you're going to cheat here and you're going to put one and two together, correct? Absolutely. It okay. wouldn't it wouldn't be right unless I cheated by the end of making it. <laughs> so yeah, no. But without a doubt, though, I and I feel the same way as Jamie. Though I'm not the biggest fan of all Christmas episodes, Halloween episodes. Like I, I pretty much love everything. Yeah, completely different story. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So with Christmas episodes, it's very hit or miss, and I think more miss than hit 
but um, but this one was I I absolutely loved, and I and this this episode or these episodes, these two episodes are infamous. Like everybody that knows Married with Children knows about about these classic episodes right here, and um, it's one of those where I think that it lives up to the hype. You know, like a lot of people talk about it. And even before, like I told a couple of people that I'm doing it and, and I'm doing this podcast now and they brought up those episodes and those aren't even hardcore fans. So like as far as like the general public, everybody knows them and, and loves them. And it definitely lived up to the hype when we watched them. And that, that was one of my favorite shows to record with you guys. Like that was that was amazing, that episode. And um, and, and I, I re-listened to it and it brought back that same magic that I remember we we felt while recording it. And it was it was amazing. So absolutely, and it kind of goes with what you said um, uh, before, where you know, just doing the podcast that helped it. You know, yeah, and yeah. I, I feel like that was a five in itself. But then um, you added the experience to it afterwards, and it was just a no brainer for me. Five, almost like a six at that yep, point. Yep, exactly. I give it a ten. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, my number two favorite of season four. Is desperately seeking Miss October. Yay! Nice. Oh yeah, always loved that episode. It meant so much to me that one of the first things that had to happen when I moved into my first home ever, um, two and a half years ago, was when I I, I knew I had to make a man cave, just like <laughs> Al has a man cave at some point uh, for like five seconds. Uh, but I knew I had to make one, and when I did it around my bar area I had like a Miller Lite sign like a neon sign and I knew that near that had to be in a glass frame the Playboy of Desperately Seeking Miss October with Brandy Brandt so uh, yeah this episode struck me so much always been a favorite of mine from when I was like 14, 12, whatever it was and on Uh, just perfection really so, Jerry, what's your number two of season four? My number two, I rated a 4.5, and it's hot off the grill. I think this is one of the best season Yay. openers ever. Um, it has two hilarious storylines going on with Peg and Al and then Marcy and Steve. <laughs> it has some of the best jokes ever, whether they're physical or actual uh great job. steve is amazing steve's in it uh wait it has al with the first yep. uh, so yeah like i love it i love learning about how al is great at making burgers i love that steve's in it i love that peggy is finally like no please don't have sex with me uh i love that steve's in it and then the uh, whole you said that like three times. Oh, uh, but yeah. So the, like the last like two things are I love that the whole Marcy's aunt thing. I love. I actually got to talk to my dad a lot about him being in the navy and him explaining to me uh, a lot of the references belly he rubbing. made. Yeah, the belly rubbing was all legit. And then my last favorite thing about this episode is that Steve was in it. Steve was in it, really. Steve was in it. Was he in there? <laughs> yeah, he was in there. Was he the guy who took an extra bite of the burger when he found out? That's right. <laughs> Wait, but you forgot one thing though. What? That Steve was also in this episode. Yeah, he was. was. You and you know what? Yeah, you know what? I want to bring this question up again. Is are they cannibals? 
<laughs> for eating burgers that happen to use ashes of a human body to be yeah. cooked with. No, because that doesn't provide you any nourishment. So it's like yeah, it's just ash particles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one, is, but there's a bone that's brought up. But he spit it out. I mean, so as long as I spit the meat out, it's Which not, doesn't I'm not make a any sense anyway, because how often do you, yeah, when you we, make burgers on the grill right. end up with ashes on the yeah. yeah, we talked about it, but I still think that was one of the funniest conversations we ever had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, 4.5, hot off the grill. Absolute classic episode. I do regret not putting it in my top five. Absolute classic. Great season opener. We are going to get to the hot chick. We are, are we're all just going to pick one hot chick of the season four, our favorite hot chick. Even Jamie's going to because she doesn't see anything wrong with that. She appreciates <laughs> a woman's beauty just like we do for different reasons, surely. Maybe. I don't know. I think they're the same reasons. Yeah. Well, you never know. So, Jamie, here it is. Your favorite. This is a golden years of marriage children this is so important what you say next what is your favorite episode of season four (laughs) okay (laughs) wow (laughs) i know who'll stop the rain Yes. Excellent. When Al plugs the hole in the roof, I was thrilled. <laughs> Loved it. Now, every, every yo, there's no shocker here. It is Rock and Roll Girl, my all time favorite episode of any season. Um, wow. Particularly this one, but also my all time favorite discussion that we've had on this podcast so far. Wow, really? Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah, we had a really good conversation about that episode. So our episode lived up to, to your love and admiration yes, of it. Yes, it did. Did it surpass I, it? At least to me it did. I don't know what the listeners thought, but I got, had a kick out of it. So so really, Jamie, our episode lived up to you. See, you had the exact opposite reaction of my Jim Jupiter episode. Mm. Wow, I'm so glad you got to experience that. I'm so glad you get you now, Alex. Go ahead, Al. You jerk off. You're the reason I didn't. All right, go ahead, Jamie. <laughs> no, I mean, that's it. It was, it, I really feel like we went to some interesting places in that discussion. And it was about, you know, society on the whole. Like, we didn't, we kind of went beyond talking about just the episode. We were just, you know, we went farther than that. And, and I, enjoyed the hell out of it we went to the decade of decadence (laughs) ah yes i love it my number four great great marriage children episode dan what's your number one favorite episode of season four your first year in of this marriage children podcast what was your favorite experience this is no shocker either (laughs) right i was just gonna say (laughs) yeah this is about as much a shocker as jamie's just was but um there's funny, and then there's like I'm crying, my sides hurt. Funny, and it, you'll just be like sitting there the next day at work and just start bursting out laughing. But 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 basket. Yeah, man. I mean, that, you know, it's one of those things where I'll always like I'll never not 
laugh hysterically at that. Like, there's always, like, certain memes that you come across and that, that just, you told, like, you feel like it was made for you. I feel like that whole Steve and Bosco situation, like, that was purposely put on this earth to make me laugh. That's how I felt. And I still, to this day, laugh hysterically about it. And I don't know. I think that when a show can do that, um, I, I understand that not everybody would even laugh at something like that. But just the fact that, like we said before, they don't show anything. And then they put Bosco up on the screen at the end. Like, just... uh, all right, let's all let's take a moment of silence. Bosco, 1901-1989. Ready? Let's take a moment. That's enough. Bosco. Do you guys realize that when they posted that picture of Bosco, did anybody realize there's no shell on his body? Yeah, and we found out that that wasn't even a real turtle, right? Like, we did our research. It wasn't anything that they just made up the name. But that's all right. Bosco, you'll always be real in my heart. And, uh, yeah, uh, by far my, my favorite episode is At the Zoo. Um, not only for that, but like we said, too, with the whole Barca situation, that was really um, – that was really pretty crazy if you think about it. Just that whole setup um, with <laughs> with the with the amount of stuff that she was on uh, <laughs> added on to the Drinking. fact that it, yeah, exactly. And it was uh, she got she had her hand shot, and then her and Al uh, that whole dynamic. That it was just a lot to take in. And then, like I said, then the cherry on top comes in the form of a news reporter just talking about what Steve did, and I've never laughed harder. Like and and especially for a show like this too, where there's a lot of stupid moments where you just like laugh out loud too. But this one was exceptional, and I was dying, and I still do to this day. So, at the zoo, it's definitely a five. I would have given it a ten if I could. Excellent, excellent pick. Well, um, if you could deduce my what I left out, what I've loved. Uh, let's see if somebody could guess, because I didn't say it yet, and I would think that somebody would think it would be my top five by now, if it's not my number one. Um, it's a Bundy for Life. Yeah, it has Whoa! to be. Whoa! It's gotta be, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was wow. expecting that. <laughs> You're so basic, Alex. Yes. <laughs> I, I knew that was gonna be, that's why I was hoping you wouldn't notice it didn't make my... <laughs> So when I was just uh, professing my love for that, were you holding back purposely? Yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't want to rain on parades anymore or whatever, call, you know, like uh, steal your thunder. Like, yeah, no, do your thing. This is mine now. Number one, definitely Bundaful Life. And I'm also stealing your idea, <laughs> one and two, actually, uh, two-parter. I love one and two. And I never realized till we did the discussion of part two uh, part one, that part one was so strong. Right. I, didn't, I I always felt that was like the obvious weaker one of the two, but no, looking back on it, nope, just as good as, I wouldn't say just as good as part two, but it's like the perfect compliment. It's like the perfect oh. two-part, you know? It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be as perfect or anything really in that way. It just has to be the perfect beginning. Perfect fit. Right. Right. Right, the perfect alley oop throw, you know. How many times are you gonna say perfect? <laughs> uh, about two more times before I'm done with talking about my first perfect? pick. Uh, Sam Caston was a perfect casting choice, <laughs> and uh, Ted McGinley was the perfect guy to play uh, 
yeah, asshole. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Now, first episode of Jefferson Darcy, but he's uh, he's like uh, Norm Jablonski or something. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. But uh, yeah, no, um, I don't think there's much to say. I mean, we spent three and a half hours talking about it, so <laughs> yep. Yeah, if anybody didn't didn't hear that one, that's free and in the public, so just check that out to figure that out. Um, yeah, magical. What's more important to me, though, really, honestly was the magical time I had with you two. Um, it was just, uh, God, you know, when you turned that recording off, you just knew you were part of something special. So, yep, that's my number one. So we're going to end it off with Jerry's number one episode. I guess... Anyone have a guess of what my number one is? I honestly don't know. I have no idea. Okay, Dan doesn't know Jamie. I've been trying to think and see if I could figure it out. And I'm wondering if, if, if I do have a guess, do you want me to say it? Yes. Oh, no, but I think you already said that one. <laughs> wait, wait, give us your top four real quick. All right. At the zoo, the agony of defeat, yard sale, and hot off the grill. Okay. Then I think, I think it might be Peggy turns 300. All right, Alex, you got a guess? Bundaful life. I would go with rock and roll girl. Okay, all three of y'all are wrong. Oh, wow. Rain Girl? Wrong again. It's what oh. goes around, comes around, a.k.a. what goes around, came around, a.k.a. Oh. what comes around, goes around, uh, a.k.a. <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen, a.k.a. <laughs> Bud, you dummy, the yep. one thing your sister knows about right. is that girls lie and guys are stupid, and you need to listen to her. To me, this was, from start to finish, the funniest episode of Married with Children this season, period. It starts off with a bang. It's got a great Alan Bud moment. Uh, the Kelly moments are through the roof. Um, Kelly shines so much in here that it's not even, like, man, it's legendary Kelly. Uh, this episode, to me, represents everything I love about Kelly. Um, the fact that she took two guys to the same dance? Two guys to the same dance. While making fun of Bud, she also helps Bud. She throws a guy's watch in a punch bowl. Uh, Marcy gets her dress blown up. And she's constantly walking around going, oh, I'm fine. In case you were wondering, I'm fine. Uh, the the only thing like she that, has eczema or something. Yeah, the only <laughs> thing fine. this episode is missing <laughs> is Steve, but it's oh, so oh. good <laughs> that it actually makes it work without him. Which to me is a miracle. Uh, how any episode of Married with Children works without Steve, I don't understand. But somehow they pulled it off with this one, and I salute it. What goes around comes around, or what goes around came around, or who, depending where you look, it has a different name. So I call this episode AKA. This is an episode that, gun to my head, you get to watch one episode of, from season four. I'm picking this one. Wow. And trust me, it's a five, and Hot Off the Grill was a 4.5. It was a tough one between those two. Right. Mm. No, no one's going to argue with that. I mean, we all love this episode. It's legendary, like you said, and it has one of the greatest moments in history of a certain character at the end. 
There's no arguing with it. So, guys, let's recap all of our top five real quick to refresh everyone's memory. Jamie, what are your top five from bottom to top? Okay. Uh, Dead Men Don't Do Aerobics, Hot Off the Grill, Desperately Seeking Miss October, What Goes Around Comes Around, and Rock and Roll Girl. Dan. Uh, number five, Desperately Seeking Miss October. Number four, Fair Exchange. Three, Rock and Roll Girl. Two, It's a Wonderful Life, parts one and two. And number one is At the Zoo. Rest in peace, Bosco. Me? Uh, five, What Goes Around Came Around. Four, Rock and Roll Girl. Three, Dead Men Don't Do Aerobics. Two, Seeking Miss October. One, It's a Wonderful Life, one and two. Jerry? Number five, At the Zoo. Number four, The Agony of Defeat. Number three, Yard Sale. Number two, Hot Off the Grill. And number five, what or number one, What Goes Around, Came Around, Comes Around, All Around. A.K.A. A.K.A. Tim Amberthusain. No, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, that was it, and we will not disappoint you, so we're going to give you the hottest chick of this season, like we said, and that is the end of your exclusive wrap-up show that we did for only 15 people on the planet. So (laughs) We're exclusive, man. That's as exclusive as it gets, guys. 15 people in the world are hearing this fully developed show. (laughs) It's hard to believe, but that's how uh, much we appreciate you guys. I know not many people have that level of appreciation, but we do. So there you go. So um, now, Jerry, I sent a picture of all the hot girls to, to these guys. Do you need that? Uh, no, I, I, I know who wins this season. It's going to be controversial, but I don't care. Oh, all I got was a picture of Bosco. <laughs> but I know who I know who my hot girl is anyway. Okay. All right, Jerry. So what's your hottest chick of season four? Now that it's legal, Kelly. I have been waiting to be able to say Kelly for so long. You creep. And I couldn't. But it's legal now, baby. Party time. Uh, Human life means nothing to me. It's all about Kelly, baby. I'll see you with Cobra. I'll go get uh, matching tattoos of each other's names. I'll hold a pizza sideways. It's going down, Kelly. Uh, I want to watch you bowl. Kelly, uh, you cannot go back and watch that just because she's 18 afterwards. And now oh, damn it. Be a Cub Scout leader either. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, you could be one of the little kids staring at her legs. It's kind of I will be one of the little kids staring at her legs. <laughs> All right. That's Nobody fine. would even notice you're a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This, you guys are brutal. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jamie, what is, who is your hottest chick of season four? Well, I do. Everyone knows I love Kelly, but 
I don't really, I'm not going to count her because she's there all the time. So for me, this was like who pops up. Right. Uh, who makes us pop? Uh, the first person that popped into my head, the only person. Wait, that, can I guess? Can I guess? Uh, yeah. Tracy Lords. How did you know? Wow, I'm good. Yes, it's Tracy Lords from Tooth or Consequences, and okay. it's Tracy Lords. I mean, there, you know, that's all I have to say. Wow, I can read you like a book Brian wrote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want me to read one of Brian's books? Okay, give me one second. I've got it over here. Wait, do you want? Do you? Which version of Cthulhu do you want? <laughs> Steampunk or noir? Noir. And Cthulhu goes to New York. Cthulhu goes to New York. Well, he first is on a Cthulhu boat for a very long time. Uh, <laughs> then he has a boxing match where he punches off someone's head. <laughs> Ooh, like Rock robots? Like like Bosco Saka robots. <laughs> Whoa. Oh. Oh my God, Alex! Yes, <laughs> Rock and Bosco. All right, so <laughs> well, Steve won that match. No, oh, yeah, he punched him right into that lake. Your your head got knocked off with the ro- shut up, Richard. No, you thought he knocked Bosco's head off, but he actually just tucked it into his shell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all. He eventually popped it back out. <laughs> Uh, by the way, guys, I have a turtle head coming out. So can you uh, can we wrap this up? Uh, Dan, who is your hottest chick of season four? <laughs> um, okay, so I was going to say uh, Brandy Brandt, right? Cause she... All right. Oh, whoa, whoa, you're not. But so I feel a little underprepared because I don't know her name. But the episode that you guys just covered, I believe it was the second to last or was it the last? Oh, my that... God. Agony of defeat. Dude, yo, she's a redhead, right? Everyone's no, no, no. But everyone's been giving her a ten out of ten. Most guys on our page gave her a ten out of ten. The um, yeah, I didn't see that. Honestly. No, no. Oh well, I don't know. I just um, not yeah. my thing. But yeah, I, I was having trouble paying attention to the episode because of it. I was just so. Well, even Al was staring at her chest. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I would say her. I would. You're not. You're not in the minority. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, great choices by all. My choice is going to be Brandy Brandt, Miss October, 1987. I am, I, I, I don't even know what I think every time I watch this episode and she leans over and Al and Steve are looking at her. I, it's just breathtaking, frankly. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Listen, Yvette was hot. Tiffany Amber Thiessen is a goddess. Tracy Lords, I'd kill for her. For the record, if I can't pick Kelly, of course I'm picking Tim- Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. All right. If I can't have Kelly, I'm definitely taking Tiffany. If I you actually can't have, have Kelly, you'll have Kelly. Yeah, right. From a different show. I only I only hook up with chicks named Kelly. It's just a thing. Yeah. Uh, that uh, forest and- is trash. Honorable mention that the chick running the roulette wheel in Al Bundy's fantasy is pretty hot, too. I really do like her. But I know nobody would mention her, so I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no. Um, Brandy Brandt, Miss October. It's my favorite month, too, by the way. 
uh, is my hottest chick. Love the episode. Love everything about everything. Guys, that was it. Um, thanks. Ooh. And all of you guys, uh, we, you know, we talked about exhaustion before, but here we are <laughs> at the two hour, 30 minute mark. And we are all giving it our all because uh, we had such a great time. And it's great to have all four of us on. And this whole season of reviews couldn't have been done without all four of us all giving it our all every time we could. Every time we ever hit that button, we... You couldn't tell Jamie was delirious by the time she's reviewing the Sam Kennis <laughs> episode. You know, it's like that that's commitment, that's dedication, that's love and passion and things that you wish that most podcasters gave, but they just seem to be on to kind of puts around with their friend. But uh, we hope to be doing something a little different, and we're glad you guys see that. So that was fun. Great time, guys. Uh, look forward to the uh, – not to, you should definitely, like, just uh, reminisce about this episode for a very long time. But uh, Don't Tell Mom Babysitter's Dad's coming up. Tang, which is coming up. Bosco's coming up. Lots on the horizon. But uh, really glad we had this night tonight. Probably one of the best wrap-up shows ever. Yeah, that was fun, you guys, for sure. Yep. Thanks, guys. The dishes are done, man. Thanks, everyone. Love you all. Thanks for having me back for a little bit, guys. <laughs> Did you just think about <laughs> Thanks for having me back for a little bit, hey, guys. You do it the Steve <laughs> way or you don't do it at all. Hey, listen, can you tap dance while you say that again? Uh, I can tap dance Hello, while singing show tunes. With a sweater around your neck? Because we all know I'm great at two things, and one of them's uh, show tunes trivia. That <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you share the sex one with him, but okay. I'll ask Reese, and we'll get some verification. Okay, so I have something in common with Al. Way to, way to point that out. <laughs> I'm a little bit hungry. <laughs> she did it! She fucking did it! <laughs> That's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> ah. All right, guys. Have a good night. <laughs>